0: Hey, man, this is Kevin Smith, and you're listening to Below the Belt. What's below your belt, man? The Below the Belt show is closed captioned for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. (laughs)
1: here
0: <laughs>
1: don't say that never say that Goonies never say die
0: black's on Black off. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's right, guys. It's time for another episode of BTV Below the That's Best. right, everybody. <laughs> Each and every week here. Uh, I was about to say WNBC, but we're, <laughs> we're still BTV at home, guys. No,
3: we've been We've been long gone,
2: <laughs> long gone from it's WNBC. It's a whole different time. Yeah. Our last, uh, our last uh, brick and mortar, so to speak. <laughs> Good to have you back, Chachi McFly, the king of the 80s, the demotivational speaker, the one and only Chachi McFly. Yeah, we're here in, what, cyberspace now. Yes. <laughs> like cyberspace. Elon
3: Musk, right?
2: Yes, you've got to thank Elon, man. He's a heck of a dude, man. He's, um, you know, technology at the forefront, no doubt, no doubt. Um, yes, I am your host, Al Soto, a.k.a. Celebrity Soda, your host. With the most here for your weekly pleasure, guys. And um we got an incredible show from top to bottom, guys. So um we are presenting our final fan expo interviews on BTB, including voice actress extraordinaire Carolina Ravasa. Um, and she is amazing. It's our second time interviewing with her. So excited to talk to her, and also um (laughs) For you BTB original fans from (laughs) on-air sports, we had a guest. One of our first calling guests was The Smoke. (laughs) He was at the time um, a wrestler, and I guess he had kind of transitioned to acting and cosplay. Uh, So it's kind of interesting. We we, kind of caught up with The Smoke, who guess he kind of wishes he was dwayne the rock johnson but anyways he's a he's a very entertaining guy very nice guy and uh you're gonna hear that uh exclusively here on btb and um there's no
3: way there's still fans from those early days still around are there <laughs> like, I mean, they gotta be like 85 now right you think you're still alive? <laughs> I mean, wouldn't Early that make BBB us that means too? We it does, to it does, yes.
2: <laughs> God. Oh my gosh. Uh, in addition, later in the program, we're welcoming actress Christy Paris, who you might know from Scrubs, the, the medical comedy, um, and also Passions. She also did voiceover work in Into the Spider Verse. Um, she is promoting her independent film that she actually shot. Via video conferencing and her iPhone during the pandemic, and uh, she is submitting this film. I know, right? Crazy, right? Yeah, the only um, thing I did during the pandemic was eat a ton. <laughs> right. I, mean, exactly. I,
3: I didn't sit there and film stuff. Film, and, like,
2: film uh, Yeah, did did a short I film. I was
3: productive at all.
2: <laughs> exactly. This is where v- Btb Virtual was actually born. Was, was during yeah, the was. pandemic. It was. That's the only thing uh, I did during the pandemic. Eat <laughs> right. and did BTB each week. For, <laughs> right, exactly I, you, I had
3: nothing better to do
2: <laughs> I know, but hey, that definitely made uh, Made, uh, you know, uh, made it worthwhile You know, during the time when everything was locked down We had nothing to do, man We couldn't even go, dude, we couldn't even go, like, out after 10pm, man It was insane, yeah. dude Yeah, we get pulled over Right, you get weird. pulled over Very weird It was super yeah. surreal Malls were
3: closed, bad. bars were closed Like, it was a very dark time We'll be telling our... <laughs> I don't know if we ever have kids and and then we live along enough to have grandkids. We tell our grandkids one day or maybe we'll be telling other people's grandkids that, you know, I remember back when we had everything was shut down and we had nothing to do. And it was miserable. You kids don't know how good you have it.
2: <laughs> you don't. They don't know how good they have it. Seriously, yeah. dude. It's unbelievable. And uh, one thing that's uh, pretty, uh, pretty exciting, I guess it's kind of like good news is that they've actually changed the mass protocol for film and television they're relaxing it a bit um so basically um some workers will not be required to wear masks um during film shoots and uh they're also doing less frequent testing during production so um you know this is due to you know the um thank god the, the current low covid rate so uh you know uh yeah you know but are you still do- not allowed to bang the people that you cast in movies though i think i think that's still okay though you're allowed to now yeah i think i think it's okay okay i didn't know that wow (laughs) a whole new world right exactly man um but uh before we get into um our special topic because what you're going to talk about uh ties into the special topic Chachi, is uh your experience at uh the clerks uh, was it the 25th or 30th anniversary if you can it was
3: the 25th anniversary 25. of
2: Kevin Smith's
3: store, Jay and Silent Bob's secret stash.
2: Ah, nice. So the
3: silver anniversary of that. Nice. So that was up in, um, was it Red Red Hook, New Jersey? Red Hook, New Jersey. Jo- I thought it was Red Bank. Red Bank, you're probably right. Red, Red Hook, Red something I believe, is in like Brooklyn. It. <laughs> they should they should just call it Toll, New Jersey. I spent like a, I spent like <laughs> you know my whole paycheck on tolls, is coming up and back from New
2: Jersey. And uh, we've played a lot of audio from um, the clerk's cast um, here on BTB, which you can find on all our platforms. But Chachi, if you could, yeah, tell us a little bit about that amazing experience, uh, you yeah. know, catching up with all the clerk's guys again.
3: It was very cool. Like, it was the first time I've been to his store. I always wanted it to go. So I figured I'd use this as an excuse to go. Um, Kevin best was having like a clerk's reunion from there, like, had almost all the casts from the. Um, original Clarks movie even the guy that was um trying to to um dissuade people from buying cigarettes and trying to get them to buy his gum even he was there so <laughs> oh, it was like awesome. it was all the characters from the Clarks movies so <laughs> it was like awesome. <laughs> 10 people including kevin smith and 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 jay what about the baby uh, that smoked was the baby that smoked there? the baby wasn't there i wish the baby was there i wonder if the baby's what 25 26 years old now, right? he's got to be like 40 now oh the baby's 40 I mean, now yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know it's a very cool story for anybody who's like a comic book fan yeah like, there's so much you know different like kevin smith um, memorabilia from all his different movies are in display cases you know like playing comic books um you know different merchandise from all his movies um this really a cool experience and um kevin smith was super nice um just stood by the door because there's different time groups to go inside the store to do the mm-hmm. photo ops. And Kevin Smith stood by the door as people were entering and shook their hand and, and talked to everybody as they entered, you know, had like a little short conversation with everybody and just kind of like welcomed them into his home as, as he said it. And, um, you know, I congratulated him on, you know, 25 years for his store, which is, you know, not easy to do nowadays. And he thanked me and he said, um, cause they're doing, different time entrances like the whole entire day. I was like one of the last groups to go in there. And he said, I was only the fourth person, fourth person in, in the whole day to congratulate him on the, the store. Being around person. for like 25.
2: Yeah. That's what he said. Jeez, man, we're <laughs> some ungrateful pricks. <laughs> I know. I'm sure everybody's talking about clerks
3: and all that kind of stuff going in there, but, um, you know, it was for his store. So I wanted to c- congratulate him, you know, and then he did like a big, um, group photo of everybody. And that's awesome. And it, you got like a, a, bag, um, filled with a, a special, um, 25th anniversary um, print. And it was signed by everybody there, and then he said like, if you had anything else that you wanted signed, like the people there were to sign anything you had. So like, I I bought a shirt for the event, um, one of their store shirts, and they all signed that. I also bought like a really cool um, Kevin Smith um, book, kind of like a anthology type of um, book. that this went through his whole entire career, like all his movies. Um, I mean, you'd actually would really like this book. Oh wow. Oh. Put yeah and <laughs> yeah and like um it's, it's kind of like the book that you got me um, the back to the future book you got me um for christmas that one year all oh, right oh, that it has like your know, stuff you can pull out and like yeah, it has like yeah. The, you know like a fry carton from um movies um all kind of cool stuff in there
2: movies yeah yeah <laughs> and then it, and then afterwards
3: <laughs> um they had like a three-way panel at the this local um cinema down the road where the, out of the 10 people they divided them up and you had like two or three people um that would come into your theater because three theaters that were going on at the same time and they would rotate so you had three people would come in do a Q&A and then they Kevin switch would come in and um introduce the next some um, group and they would switch and off so you got kind of got a smaller panel with only three people so you weren't like um you know you really get to hear a lot more questions otherwise people would probably just be Asking, um, Jason Hughes Use everything, you know. If it was just him the whole time, so it's really cool. You really got in the Kevin Smith said he did that way, so you could really ask questions of people that you might not have seen or got a chance to ask questions for from from the movies who don't do a lot of um, meet and greets and Q and A's and that kind of stuff. So that was pretty wow. cool.
2: So it was a really special event, and uh,
3: yeah, and I, right down the road is actually the um, quick stop from Clerks, awesome. which looks looks identical to how it looked um, almost. 30 years ago, 30 you know, years th- ago. That's
2: right. The same yeah.
3: sign, the same, um, like, even inside like the counter where the register the interior, is with like the yeah. little, like the freezer in front of the counter is <laughs> the same, like the, um, yeah, the whole line of, um, of refrigerators, um, you know, going down the row, like where the, the milk, milk was, the last where, row. The, where the milk made was, um, right. <laughs> trying to find the the newest date. Yeah, that was in the same location as it was 30 years ago in the movie. It really felt like you were going into a time capsule. The only thing that That was missing was the video store next door, which is now gone. But um, Kevin Smith uses that and the space next to that as, um, you know, for his podcast. So he he goes inside there. Yeah, yeah, and he records out of that.
2: Oh wow. How cool is that, man? I mean, sad to see the video store go, but as you know, yeah. there's only one blockbuster most, on Earth, now, right? So.
3: Right, as most video stores are gone, video but video stores
2: are kind of obsolete now. But
3: really cool experience. I mean, I you know, I've I've always liked Kevin Smith and his work. You know, Isn't like some movies more than others, but this is such That's a nice humble program. guy, and you yeah, yeah, really get the feeling guy.
2: that he's like one of us. I mean he is i mean he's been he's very he's become very successful in hollywood but i feel that he's he's very grounded and uh oh yeah if you know he still uses his original actors you know among the the, the big name actors that have the careers have taken off like 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 ben affleck and and rosario dawson and they're loyal to kevin they come back and then they're all in clerks three and the original actors some of which who we interviewed at fan expo retired from acting or moved on to other careers right right decided to come out of that you know come out of retirement and act in clerks three so uh, i think that's just so so cool but uh i think it's kind of cool to segue into the special topic um out of all the kevin smith movie uh collection what is your favorite kevin smith movie and what's an honorable mention um and Chachi, would you like to uh, throw throw that out? Sure,
3: sure, sure. Um, yeah, I haven't seen all his movies. I've seen most of them, you know. And I haven't seen Clerks in a long time. Um, and I, I watched it the night before I went mm-hmm. to his event um, last weekend. Yeah. And I forgot just how good it was. You know, it's it a very <laughs> it's it a very so raw movie. Had like, you know. A lot of humor that, you know, you probably couldn't do nowadays. So it was really refreshing to watch it, you know, and to see the way that people talked and everything back then and the jokes they were allowed to make. Um, You know, I was doing some reading about the movie and Kevin Smith actually worked in that um, convenience store, the Quick Stop in real life. So he worked there during the day and then he went, um, decided to film this movie and he filmed it at night in the same store. So he would work all day, you know, at the register, just like you saw in the movie. And then at night, he would um, film. So he only got like one or two hours of sleep a night. Jesus. And he was just exhausted over the weeks of filming this. And he, he financed it by selling his comic book collection and also um, using his um, college credit that his parents set aside for cards, him. Right? Yeah, yeah. So wow. he spent like a little bit over um, 30 grand um to make the movie, Oof, which is God. insane. And then the movie brought in about $3 million, mm. you know, back in 1994 dollars. At the theater and you know, obviously that was at the theater and it became a much bigger hit on video afterwards and became like a cult classic but you know so that's the one that started it all so i i have to pick clerks and i still think it's one of the best you know and i think it i think the jokes still work you know almost 30 years later you know and um <laughs> you suck 27 dicks <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and she was there at the panel and she said that that's definitely one of the most um um things that people say to her you know when they meet <laughs> her or, or scream across the street when she's walking or whatever right, you know so right. she heard it she heard the same thing for like 30 does it years
2: her? does it bother Marilyn?
3: she was laughing it off there so <laughs> you know and like and like kevin smith's wife was there and they talked about how they met like she was a reporter for um i forget what magazine it was and she actually came to interview kevin about his movies and they kind of hit it off and like you know talked all night and everything and you know now they've been married for um, I don't know. Like it was, like, I think it was almost twenty. It twenty-some years. It was wow. thirty
2: years. Thirty years,
3: wow! And how about an honorable mention? I've always liked Mallrats. Yes. And yes. like I, <laughs> I was really hoping for Mallrats too when they were announced they were going to um, film it. You know, and I think it could have been kind of funny, especially, you know, at the mall was kind of like a dead mall, and they're still hanging on to mm-hmm. this dead mall and hanging out there. <laughs> that could have been pretty funny. But yeah, yeah, Mallrats. I'm not sure why, but that was filmed in Minnesota and I actually went to that mall in Eden Prairie, Minnesota when I was out there. And um, it lo- looks a little different, but you can still see um, a lot of the same views from the movie. You know, you can still see where the Target was, where um, Jay and Silent Bob were outside trying to evade the um, security guards. <laughs> <laughs> like um, You know, and I always love malls and stuff. So, um,
2: yeah, that's definitely my um, number two. Yeah. arts is my number one. Um, nice, nice. I, I think after kevin smith got the budget he needed from the first clerks he was able to devote all that to the proper you know uh, locations and actor name actors and and uh special effects and all that that wasn't present in clerks now clerks is obviously very beloved it's groundbreaking it paved the way but overall i mean just the cast the characters i mean it reminded me of my childhood I mean, you had Jeremy London as T.S. You had Jason Lee as Brody, Shannon Doherty as Renee, uh, Claire Forlani, who's beautiful, I love her as Brandy, and I think probably Ben Affleck's breakthrough role. Um, I mean, Goodwill Hunting was, but uh, you know, kind of put him on the map. Uh, Joy Lauren Adams, and let's not forget Trish the Dish as well, <laughs> mm-hmm. and let's not forget Ethan Suplee. You know, he was he was one of the actors, and my name is Earl. If and in trivia. Jason Lee and Ethan Suplee both worked together in the "My Name Is Earl" uh, series, and Ethan was William, who cop- could not stop trying <laughs> to find the sailboat, you know. And yes, uh, yes, and those um old time um they
3: were yeah. really big in the nineties. Those um how do you even describe it? Just like some kind of um yeah I image where you get like what illusion thing yeah you get across your eyes um a certain way and then yeah and then try to visualize image would pop out of it but it was really hard to see sometimes you could see it really quick other times you might never see it it all depends on like how you looked at it
2: just right exactly Um, exactly (laughs) and then two people that a lot of people overlook that's in it one is michael rooker who as you know uh played merle in walking dead and he's in the the guardians of galaxy movie he played uh svenning and he was the father of Claire Foyani's character, and then of course the great Stan Lee, yes. um, and he made that cameo. Um, and uh, it was funny because that's where I, I saw you know the funny quotes about you know the only the only uh, woman that Superman can have sex with is Wonder Woman, you know, because he's she's got a, a uterus strong enough for the super sperm. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the only way a normal guy. Uh, you know could, could you know have sex with hers to have a well he would have to wear a, a kryptonite condom i don't know things right. like that i don't know i don't remember the exact way it went but it was actually really really funny um my second is uh jay and silent bob strike back ah, okay yeah uh that was a big favorite of mine um and uh for a couple of reasons i mean around that time um you know my favorite movie was american pie and then Shanna elizabeth came to prominence and i was a you know, Ooh, yeah. vampire Slayer fan. So you had Eliza Dushku, and of course, as a Heroes fan, it was good to see Ali Larder. They played the three, um, you know, um, I don't know, girl spies or whatever, uh, <laughs> antagonists. Uh, they were great. Um, and, uh, you know, Ben Affleck came back, you know, the and the original Clerks cast came back. So it kind of felt, that movie felt for me like a multiverse of uh of the, the view-askew universe, you know? So uh, that, was, that that would be my honorable mention for Kevin Smith movies. And I'm curious if this guy is a Kevin Smith fan, if he has a favorite Kevin Smith movie. And that would be you, too. Paul Darth Wallace, the Sith Lord, join me today. I am a Sith Lord. <laughs> I like the early Kevin Smith
4: stuff, not so much the He-Man stuff. He kind of ruined... I don't
2: know. He's well, kind of losing it. TV, TV series does, doesn't count. So of the movies, uh, what's your favorite? Um,
4: of the movies, I mean, Mallrats was pretty good. Yes,
2: yeah. that was my number one. Yeah.
4: I mean, Dogma was also pretty good too, but you can't get Dogma anymore.
2: Dogma right. is kind of like yeah. the banned movie because they they consider it controversial. Yeah. So would Dogma be like your, uh, I guess, honorable mention, so to speak? I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Kevin Smith. I mean, his work is just it's great. I, I love his work. And, uh, and I'm curious if this guy actually had we were talking about Kevin Smith movies because Chachi went to the recent 25th anniversary of the Jay and Silent Bob uh, uh, comic book store uh, secret stash. And uh, we were just talking about our favorite Kevin Smith movie, if you had one. And Dan said, "I'll be right back." I guess <laughs> we'll get back to him on that.
3: <laughs> no, no, it's, it's saying it's saying Dogma is actually um, can't be streamed because it's owned by the Weinstein's.
2: Oh, well, that's not good. Oh, those damn Harvey
3: Weinstein. Yeah, and Jesus and the Christ. and deal is uh, predated, um, you know, streaming services. So that's why you can't
2: find it. So that's why it's tied up. And you know what? I looked for it on DVD, and it's super yeah. duper expensive. Yeah. yeah. And that's a that's probably exactly why that DVD is so expensive because you know you can't get it streaming. It's one yeah, of you the can't few... buy it in iTunes or anything, right? Right.
3: Yeah, it says it says, um, you know, Bob and Harvey Weinstein own it. They bought the film from Disney in 1999, Licensed okay. it to Lionsgate for the theater and Sony for home video, but those those deals predated streaming, and then and the deals have lapsed. Oh man!
2: Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm curious if uh, our next panelist is a fan of kevin smith and his movies we're talking about our favorite kevin smith movie and an honorable mention um because chachi attended the uh jay and silent bob secret stash 25th anniversary clerks reunion event and
0: we're just talking about our favorite kevin smith movies is that for me yeah oh awesome um yeah i i I love dogma um i I really (laughs) enjoy that movie there's parts of it that um i'm I don't know. Uh, um, just just love the the dialogue and the in and the, the script on that one. So that that's probably my go to for Kevin Smith. Um,
2: yeah, and it's uh, one I, of I love, mentioned I earlier one of the about, ba- one uh, of the band movies because <laughs> you can't see it streaming, and uh, the Weinstein brothers own it. And I think there's a there's uh, a um, a legal thing right now why you can't see that movie streaming anywhere right now. Gotcha. So,
4: Should the Weinstein's have?
2: rights to anything at this point in time they <laughs> should I have rights to anything at this point absolutely not so um but yeah we have actor dan franco uh joining us on the panel it's good to have you back on btb hey
0: thanks I for having you're me an
2: ozark fan and you're a marvel fan and i wanted to <laughs> have you on just for a little bit to, to jump on the those uh aspects because it, it was just so consuming my week actually this week it's is uh finishing part four of ozark and
0: <laughs> that was Season that four. was a lot, you know. Trying yeah. not to, you're trying to get through it and not, you know, you only had what seven, seven episodes in that second half, and right? I didn't want to blow through them all, but I also didn't want to have it spoiled for me. So, uh, exactly. kind of, I would have liked to have slow played it a little bit more.
2: It's that damn Netflix uh, model, Chachi. We were talking about this last week, how um, Netflix yeah. shows you have to wa- if you don't want to get spoiled, you have to watch. All the episodes, yep. um, or as soon as possible, or you know, you know, I saw somebody with, with you know Ruth and, and a bunch of crying emoticons. I'm like, really, motherfucker, seriously? Yeah. <laughs> Before oh, I, I finished it, so. Uh, but um, let's get into Ozark a little bit later. Let's just talk about uh the big movie that <laughs> that we all saw over the weekend. So uh, so the box office, Doctor Strange: A Multiverse of Madness. Um, the, no surprise, the number one movie. 185 million domestically um i mean with no competition i mean no surprise there i mean if you really want to know the rest of the box office the bad guy sonic the hedgehog fantastic beasts and everywhere everything everywhere all at once which i heard was a great movie rounded up the rest of the top five but now i saw that yes destroyed (laughs) by dr strange in the multiverse of madness um you know what? I, I I enjoyed the film. Let's let's talk about it. I think everybody here has seen the movie, um, maybe has some thoughts. Of course, some great cameos. And luckily, I wasn't spoiled about a few of them. But yes, listeners, we will be talking about the movie. So if you haven't seen Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, if you could uh, maybe tune back, you know, um, <laughs> when we uh, when you get a chance to watch the film. But yeah, uh, did you kind of already spoil um, Netflix? I was um, for people. I, I guess I did without warning, didn't I? Right. With, with Ruth and the crying emoticons, we'll have to do another disclaimer, by the way. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, let's talk about the one of the one of the the big cameos. So, one of the cameos that was just blew my mind, because it is in an, an alternate universe, as they call it, multiverse, was this group, the Illuminati. Right? Yeah. And uh, and we did see one of the members, Captain Carter, in. Uh, the What If episode on Disney Plus, the, the series, the animated series. But it was, so see, it was so great to see, it was so great to see Haley Atwell back, you know, in, in that, uh, you know, uh, Captain Carter, you know, uniform with with the Union Jack on the shield, you know, it was super cool. Did anyone pop for uh, Captain Carter? It
4: was all right. I mean, it's kind of cool if they kind of connected it a little bit. But yeah. I mean, also, like, I mean, it connected, like, the crappy uh and human series with black bolt because that was the same guy who played the black, okay. so. yeah. black Bolt. okay yeah we move on the black Bolt.
2: yeah and I, I like that i like when things kind of tie in and make sense and they, they hire the same actors because then I, I feel like it's the same universe similarly how they got um the actor charlie cox that plays daredevil to return for spider-man No way home and they did the same thing for black bolt so uh i thought that was really cool black bolt has an extremely powerful ability to pretty much whisper and, and and I guess destroy anything that he wants by the sound of his voice. I mean, just um, it's very very scary power. Um, um, and that was
0: definitely but, where uh, where you get a little bit of Sam Raimi there with the way the way he met his end there. It was it was yep, dark yeah. and that was that was <laughs> I I was funny. It was dark at the same time. That dark. Was, was perfect.
2: That was the thing. This this Illuminati's battle scene was all about yeah. showing the the darkness. You know how d- Marvel can get downright nasty and violent, which like. <laughs> you know we were not used to seeing. The, I mean, next cameo. The next cameo. <laughs> the next caveo. All right, let's you start the next. Okay, too. Okay, well, okay, all right. Uh, we'll save that one for the last one. Uh, <laughs> okay. um, I was really happy to see. Uh, I was really happy to see um, a new Captain Marvel. You know that yep. that uh, uh, people uh, might be familiar with, and that's Maria Rambeau, yep. um, and she was in the uh, first Captain Marvel movie that we all saw, uh, and uh, you know, I guess it kind of ties that in because eventually she does become uh, Captain Marvel at some point in the in, in the uh, the comic, I definitely in the comic book series, but definitely maybe not live action. I'm not sure. But, but that was really, really cool to see.
4: Did a coin flip to see who went on that flight? And I think the one that became Captain Marvel. Ah. I like if Maria Ram, Rambo would have won that coin flip, I guess. And
2: okay. So that's kind of how that would have happened oh, in that absolutely. alternate universe.
0: Kind of like in another alternate universe, Richie Valens didn't get on the plane and, and yeah. La <laughs> yeah, Bamba would
2: yeah,
3: still. Right. <laughs> hey, did they do a coin flip for that? I read.
0: Yep.
2: Yep. Oh man. That that's, that's really tragic. I know. I I didn't think about that. All right. Uh, the second to last major one, um, we saw Reed Richards guys. We saw John Krasinski. Um, well, well, a lot of fan service there because fans have been, uh, campaigning for, uh, John Krasinski and his wife, um, Emily Blunt to be, um, Reed Richards and, um, you know, uh, Sue Storm. Emily, thank you. <laughs>
0: thank you. And that was, I mean, he, he looked the part. He was, he, he right. just crushed it, yeah. man. And that was, that was the second that came up. That was just, I, I was just, that, that was so happy. With yeah, that.
2: that was really, really exciting that we saw that. Um, sadly, in that battle, uh, yes, I mean, he he got stretched and and, uh, and and diced, sliced and diced, <laughs> and it, it didn't look like a, a, a very uh, it looked like a very painful death, <laughs> let's just say. Um, but you know, again, alternate alternate universe. Let's hope, let's hope that yeah. John Krasinski's down for a Fantastic Four movie. Which, come on, if you're going to give us alternate, you know, universe. Reed Richards as John Krasinski, you got to deliver, right?
0: Well, that, and, and it feels like they're heading towards the Secret Wars, right? I mean, that, that's that got to be the next major set piece that all these Phase 4 movies are driving toward, and wasn't, wasn't, uh, Mr. Van, wasn't Reed Richards, wasn't he sort of like the pivotal, but I read it, it was a long time ago, but wasn't he kind of really in the middle of, of that whole storyline?
2: Yep. Yeah i haven't read it either i i know our comic book god the persian prince of comic comic book pop culture probably could have, lend uh, more knowledge to that but yes uh and i think he was an integral part of it yeah uh but last but last but not least uh of the illuminati is is one that's that makes so many fans happy because now we are officially seeing mutants <clears throat> the x-men and everyone that comprises the x-men uh consumed into the mcu and that's patrick stewart's portrayal as um professor xavier and uh how how excited i mean i know we kind of heard the voice and we kind of knew that yeah i mean i I feel like they should have saved that one and maybe you know made that the big wtf moment but you know they had his voice and yeah they should have because people are going to see the movie no
3: matter what anyways And not like people like i'm gonna skip this marvel movie (laughs) you
2: know what i mean like people are
3: going to see it so it might as well surprise people
2: Right, right. Um I think it's great. I, but you know, I, the fact I mean obviously sadly, you know, um this is an alt again, an alternate timeline. You know, hopefully the Charles Xavier in the other universe is 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 okay and that's where we're going to see. Uh Charles Xavier or do you think they might go a different route? Do you think they're going to cast another actor to play Charles Xavier? Um could could they go back to um um tell me who the actor was that you portrayed him?
4: But the guy played Split, but
0: I forget his name.
2: The guy in Split. God.
0: Yeah. Ugh. McAvoy, McAvoy.
2: Max, James McAvoy, yeah, McAvoy. Thank McAvoy. you. Yeah. Yeah. James McAvoy. <laughs> uh, could they bring him back? Who I thought was excellent. He was yeah. fantastic. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. But I think this is exciting that now that that the mutants, you know, X Men, um, you know, are you know? have been seen finally in the mcu in some some fashion so
0: and it was cool they put they put the uh the x-men music cue under it when he when he rolled in in his little uh floater chair there was a little really kind of in the background of the music uh design there was there was the x-men theme
2: yeah absolutely well let's talk about um well i I guess there was one one more cameo you forgot did I, find, did I forget one more fucking cameo?
4: <laughs> what it, cameo uh, did I Sam forget? Sam Raimi type of cameo that you, that's in every Sam
2: Raimi movie. Pizza Papa. Yep. Oh, Pizza Papa. Okay. At the very end. At Campbell. the very end. Right.
0: But right, Little, too. He—he right. he, they, When they first uh, jumped, they encounter him.
2: Yep. Right. When they first jumped. Yes. Yes. And that's you're, you're referring to Bruce Campbell? Yep. Yep. Yes. Bruce Campbell himself. Yes. Because Sam Raimi, of course. Yeah. He, he directed... All those great, um, you know, Evil Dead movies and, and uh, you know, um, yeah, work with Bruce Campbell multiple times. So, uh, yeah. Th- so that was really cool. But let's
3: yeah, not but I forget. They're trying to
2: get Tom Cruise to play
3: um, Iron Man.
0: Yeah. You hear that? <laughs> that I'd, I'd I heard I that realize, rumor. I was yeah. hoping it wasn't true. Really? Uh, you I hope it's not true. Cool.
2: Why, why, why don't you hope it's tr- uh, not true?
0: Uh, just because – it's still too soon. It, it, I'm, I'm t <laughs> No, Downey. just for a cameo okay, yeah.
3: though, not 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 to take over the mantle, just to be like right. a cameo in the multiverse.
2: I thought it would have been cool. Yeah, that'd have been cool.
3: I heard it was something like where it was like the fans wanted it, and then they were actually tried to do it, but it, it didn't work out.
2: Yeah, and again, if it's just just a multiverse version of of Tony Stark, then I guess it's kind of cool. I mean, just him showing up, showing up, you know, dressed yeah. like Iron Man.
0: And I did, just before you move on from all the cameos, just just yeah. uh, Elizabeth Olsen. Holy crap.
2: She yeah, is... that was actually next on my list. Let's get into Elizabeth Olsen, who played the uh, Scarlet Witch, uh, Wanda Maximoff, who we didn't expect to be the villain in this movie. So right. that, that was kind of good. That was a big WTF moment um, because I, I'm thinking she was an ally. You know, we didn't know that she would be the antagonist in this film. Right you know so that was a big shock um and of course you know you know she's got a warped um perception you know because she's being controlled by the you know the alternate uh um wanda maximoff and of course her vision of the perfect life for two boys you know um is is kind of you know that that's fuel (laughs) basically to to for her her rage and her um her just insanity (laughs) really just um you know uh
0: but, I just uh, think I just think what she did on what she did on WandaVision was it really kind of it set the table for all of this. I mean just the the she she her job with the the loss and particularly the loss of those kids, obviously the loss of vision which which kind of drove that whole series, but yeah. but losing those kids and and dealing with all of that like that just kind of you know it could have felt really um forced if if all of a sudden now here's an avenger who's the bad guy but but it was so grounded because of of that that love for those kids you know the 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 job she did setting that up through the series and then just bringing that over here it was it it felt completely i I bought it i didn't i didn't i didn't question i didn't feel it didn't feel cheap or it felt because
2: you're a father and you would you would definitely react in in that way right you would become quickly the bad guy
0: most of the time it depends it depends on the day (laughs)
2: right (laughs) yeah because uh that's the thing. I mean, you know, she just basically snapped, you know, yeah. after, after that well, happened. The only thing that
4: makes no sense, though, is where's Vision? Like, I mean, why did she not think about Vision or try to find Vision in any other world? Or... That, that did not make much sense at all to me.
2: Well, yeah, at the end of WandaVision, do we not see the, the white Vision kind of uh, fly yeah, I mean, you into think, the...
4: No, but also, if she's crossing
0: universes, you
4: think Vision would be alive in one of them. Even Who once she think? went through, because, I mean, think about it. Vision didn't die in the last one but even
0: even the vision that she brought into that town i can't remember the name of it um new new jersey i, I can't remember the, the yeah but <laughs> noob, even noob. the vision that she you know like like that she manifested into that into that space
5: question, questioned her question. and
0: challenged her on on whether she should be doing that so i think i think maybe that she she it was more about losing those kids than it was about vision because even vision was was like "Mm, i'm not really cool with this right
2: yeah that was fantastic i mean uh she she just really really just killed killed that part literally and figuratively killed i don't
0: i don't don't know if uh if she went full cersei lannister there at the end i think (laughs) i think she might uh might pop back up
2: yeah so so i guess at the end you know apparently you know um Supposedly that's the let me get to that little tidbit there. At the end, what happens at the end? You basically when a temple uh drops on the witch. So is Wanda Maximoff actually dead? Um do you do you think, you know I don't think so. I mean we never saw a no, body, I guess. Uh, no way. We could, we but we
4: uh phase out or something
2: but we did see the the complete destroying of the temple of scarlet witch and the the mountain collapses on top of herself and then when strange is asked later what happened to her he shakes his head indicating that wanda didn't make it out so uh at least ah. to his knowledge (laughs) at least to his knowledge i don't think we've seen the last of scarlet witch at all so there's uh, no
0: way yeah um maybe uh, of the witch but not of wanda not of not of that wanda
2: none of that that wonder right exactly and uh, i think elizabeth olsen is just having too much fun um yeah. playing uh scarlet witch and being in the mcu um yeah, she actually cash those checks <laughs> yeah exactly yeah.
4: Um, actually she, actually- what she should have done? for the alternate what- versions it should have been her, her two sisters
0: right,
3: right. Yeah. Sisters, <laughs> Really, the olsen twins yes yeah. yes, yes.
0: You okay. know, what was kind of funny is that uh, it started in in WandaVision and they just sort of went like, yeah, let's stay with that. They just sort of all of mm. a sudden dropped her Russian accent or her Sokovian accent. It just right. sort of. She just
2: got like, Americanized, Dan, you know. Just
0: right. Kinda, just quickly.
2: Use uh, <laughs> <laughs> magic. Most people lose their accents after living in America for so long. and uh, um, But, you know, Elizabeth Olsen actually. from Madonna. Right. Madonna, right. <laughs> She said something about Martin Scorsese and like Francis Ford Coppola. You know they batched Marvel movies yeah. in the past, and she says she gets frustrated when people say that Marvel movies are a lesser type of art. And she's what she said. What she said in defense of that is that I'm not saying we're making indie films, <laughs> indie art films, but I think it takes away from our crew, which bugs me because they have the most awesome set designers costume designers camera operators i feel like diminishing them with that uh, kind of criticism takes away from the people who do award-winning films so um
0: and the people who love those films who, who yes. don't you know it billions of dollars in the last three marvel movies you know it, it some not not just you know teenage boys are going to see these people <laughs> right. people who like movies right. love these movies and go to see them i mean we're
2: grown-ass men and we're we're, we're seeing an opening weekend you know guys yeah, right okay. well, have that's to one thing about it right uh let's get to the post-credit scene of the multiverse of madness um so really the, the most important was the, the mid-credit scene the, the um the end end credit scene yeah you'll do just bruce campbell's uh Uh, more comedic cameo um in there (laughs) but uh yeah we see strange uh walking down a manhattan street suddenly a white-haired purple costumed (laughs) wow uh theron uh, calls out his name she tells strange that his universe hopping shenanigans is causing an incursion between universes which we've already uh, been told could rip the fabric of the multiverse apart and she uses an energy blade to cut into the fabric of reality exposing the dark dimension uh, introducing the first doctor strange movie so yes uh she is clea guys clea is a sorcerer much like doctor strange hails from the dark dimension and she has a long and complicated story and uh i can't wait to see more of uh charlie's there and i'm curious of what what movie um I because dr. i don't will return so i assume it's going to be a next dr strange movie i think you know it's not in the 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 recent slate of movies maybe we'll see something in ant-man uh the third ant-man movie i don't know i'm not sure we're gonna see the uh i have a feeling it's got to be before the third dr strange movie
3: you know no, so. but i'm tired of people in the movie theater all pretending they know who the people are who show up on screen right like not right. everybody is going to be like general and who's read every comic book since 1972.
4: Yeah, right. I had no clue like, who she was. I mean, I didn't know I anything believe. about that. Right. right.
3: But, but every time you see someone show up on the screen, you hear the whole audience. Oh my God. And like, like you don't know who the hell that is. <laughs> well, you know, they
0: know what I mean? Charlize. Like Charlie's there.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, but every time, every time.
0: And, and every I still can't get over, like half the audience gets up and leaves. It's like, do you, we're 27 movies into this. <laughs> yes. Do you not yes. know how this works? 100
3: percent i see it every time i'm like right
0: exactly i gotta
3: i gotta beat the traffic out of (laughs) here
2: you know yep exactly and uh just one more marvel tidbit before we move into ozark is that uh, dave batista has decided that his mcu tenure as drax um is done um he's retiring after the third guardians of the galaxy movie he doesn't want to
4: stay in shape anymore that's what it is
2: they, apparently there were some trolls make saying that he didn't look as great as shape. You know, the guy's in his fifties, man. Can, yeah. Cut him some slack, you know. No um, he can still put on a pair of um true religions and work out. Right. <laughs> you <know? laughs> that's like true. he used to always do. But he did he did tell uh, Ellen the Generous last summer that he wouldn't uh, continue playing Drax beyond the third movie, saying the journey's come full circle and I'm kind of ready yeah. to step aside and wrap it up. But uh I think that movie, um, yeah, was meant to be in three parts anyways, and James Gunn yeah. will probably be moving on after that one.
4: Kind yeah, of I, like, are they going to be in the next uh, Thor movie based on the previews?
2: You know what? Yeah, I, I wouldn't. it wouldn't surprise me. Um, actually, you know what? I 100% definitely think that he's going to be in the next Thor because yeah. I remember seeing Chris Pratt's Star-Lord. Yeah. Uh, but I don't – I mean, assume, assumingly we see no, they were, Star-Lord, we see the they rest were the of the Guardians,
0: right? There, there was a, there was a point when he's like, look at the, like, look at the thing you love, and, and it showed the rest of the guardians. And then oh, you did Okay. Chris kind of Chris Hemsworth right. kind of leans in, but yes, they, they okay. were there. I saw, I definitely saw Mantis, so I, I'm pretty sure I saw Drax. Okay,
2: so, okay, so yeah, so there you go, yeah, that, Darth
0: Paul.
3: No, but talk about Doctor Strange, like that one. Uh, America was America Chavez. America Chavez, yeah. Uh, actress, so, so you definitely
2: you can go ahead and be honest that's fine you thought yeah. she was a bad actress
3: yeah i, I did i did and like um like i remember like when i was a kid like um at universal studios in florida they used to have um this thing where you could like um you're in front of a green screen and like you and your family could get up the there head. and they filmed you and they put in the background like you on different rides <laughs> and like the um the flood was coming and you're making these big facial expressions you know and they're like okay now now scream okay now look surprised and and, and that's how she looked like to me like the whole entire movie like she was just doing these like real
4: right. what i think you're right on that one
3: you do yeah doing these real exaggerated um facial expressions yeah and i'm like okay well she's a younger actor you know she's in her teens but i mean there's i've seen plenty of, of great actors who are in their teens so it's just it really just kind of was jarring to me throughout the whole movie i see I mean, look at
4: zendaya
2: zendaya did a good job acting. Yeah. yeah no zendaya's emmy award winning you know, golden globe winning you know she's she's definitely proven her point i mean you know she's a little older than than the actress playing yeah. america chavez but all right great granted she wasn't the best you know I, but you know i you know I think they they really wanted to go with authentic casting for a Latina that that was represented in the LGBT community. They did is, the she, same. is she gay? I, you see, I don't know. She, she's she's her parents were, and I think she's at the age. In the movie. They, um, Yeah. No, think, no, no. Like, talk, about, talk about is she gay in real life? They, we'll see that. That's the thing. I mean, she's, sure. what fourteen, fifteen years old? I don't think that was disclosed. But the okay. character, the older version of America Chavez, is gay. Okay. And um. So, you know, and obviously we talked about last week, they didn't show the movie in certain um, Middle Eastern countries because uh, Disney and Marvel. Wait, 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 do, middle age, uh, do Middle Eastern countries hate bad acting? No, they, <laughs> they, just, they just sadly, <laughs> sadly do not welcome anything that, um, that shows a homosexual, you know, gay no. partnership, uh, which would be the case of the, the two mothers. Yeah. So well, I mean, that's why they didn't show the moms banging or nothing. <laughs> no, they're there. I know, I get it, but yeah, I, I still think it's yeah. I mean that that's just ridiculous. And so, but they could they could say different than credits at least. <sighs> yeah, I yeah. mean, the moms just going down on each
3: other. <laughs>
4: <laughs> that would oh, be God. a whole different type of movie there. Big well,
3: point. at the very end, talking about you know, by then all the kids have already left the theater.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: all right? right, let's get to the next point. uh Ozark, guys. All right. Uh, my god, so much spoilers, to... spoilers, spoilers coming up. Spoilers. Yes. Can we can we warn the audience that we we're going to yeah. talk about uh, um, yeah, major Paris plot points from down the down final down. season of Ozark and Darth Paul? I know that you haven't been caught up, but uh, you're w- welcome to to uh, put the the you know, the uh, <laughs> funny ears on, whatever, but uh. Let's just yeah let's just talk about the, the 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 final um episodes which is like the second half of the fourth season which started with the uh, the cousin of death um episode where we saw Ruth uh killing Javi Javi God. avenging uh his cousin's avenging her cousin Wyatt's death in, in the process and um man it was just Wow, that that episode was just so powerful. It just really really started out strong. Um yeah, we all knew from the end of part 1 of season 4 that Ruth was out to to get Javi and uh she certainly delivered. I mean, obviously she had that moment of time where she was like, "Oh god, I don't know if I can do this, I can do this," but then yeah, just uh came up with a plan, admitted to um the birds and and the Shaw, the, the head of Shaw, Elizabeth Shaw uh that uh she intended on killing him and they came up with this bogus you know uh stock options thing for javi and he walks in and bam uh yeah. one thing that, that really bothered me is that they didn't explain how they got rid of the body because their crematoriums in the ozarks and in chicago um how are they how are they gonna get away with
3: They're in Chicago. You don't think Chicago's gonna run into
2: any dead bodies before?
4: <laughs> Aren't they like, like 1,500 murders Chicago, a year that's there? That's probably where the body
0: is. Yeah, haven't you yeah. seen John Wick? You hand one coin, one body goes away. So, <laughs> <Right>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then we uh, get into like the next episode where they're uh, trying to find a solution to the worst case scenario. Um, um, with the latest one being Javi's death. And, of course, uh, Agent Miller um rejects Marty's plea to help on the grounds that that they're just another criminal now, you know, basically. Um, then we get into uh, episode ten, where um Marty goes to Mexico, and he's like the jefe, you know, and he's yeah. ordering uh, the the drug lords around. Um and uh, man, and it just that part it, could have been like a whole
3: season, I think, having Mexico trying to run yeah. stuff. Yeah, that could have been
2: expanded. You're absolutely right. Um, But it's just crazy
4: well, no, how... Wait, wait! if it's in Mexico, they have to change the name from Ozark to, Me- to something Mexico. To Tijuana. <laughs> right. The new the show new is going to be called Tijuana, starring the same people.
2: <laughs> Tijuana. Was it Tijuana, the area of Mexico they were located? I'm not sure about that one, but... Uh... but actually, you might just call it Atlanta, cause that's where I was filmed at. <laughs> See, they're, they're, I mean, talk about a husband and wife team of sociopaths. Uh, and psychopaths both i mean just to to have the composure you know uh you know when marty's in there looking at the numbers oh yeah you're definitely skimming and then all and then they're waterboarding this guy and uh you know he just kind of like casually waves his hand all right yeah put him back in the water you know until he says the truth and and then witnessing you know uh eventually this arturo guy getting shot in the head Knowing that they got the wrong guy, you know, because he yeah. was not responsible, you know, and uh,
3: it was yeah, just, like, yeah, was crazy.
2: It's
3: like Marty Bird, is just so chill. Like no matter what they tell him, they're like, I mean, he could go, go to the doctors to be like, "Excuse me, Mr. Bird, um, you have AIDS, cancer, and COVID 25." And i would be like, mm, "Hmm,
0: mm, okay, yeah, wow, okay, well,
3: <laughs> well, thanks for thanks for telling me that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I hope you have a good day." Right. That's yeah. exactly what he would say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah okay. Well, uh, we'll we'll have to get back to you on that. <laughs> yeah, no, right? But I always loved just,
3: Jason Bateman uh, since I was a kid, so I'm happy that he, you know, has been doing such, you know, such so great his career now. You know, with um, is
4: it he or does he not age? He, yeah. he does he not age.
0: He does great. not age. He looks great. And he and I... is. He's an incredibly like like his his acting is so stripped down and understated he doesn't do anything extra he doesn't right he, it, it's so simple and it's it's yeah and that's the that's the hard thing you always feel like you got to do something and, and so being just minimal always feels naked and like you're just but he and I think because he's such a good director too uh mm-hmm. it just he knows he doesn't need it. it doesn't need anything more than this I'm just gonna you know think the thought and it's gonna read on my face and and on we go and and yeah, yeah. And I think he's He's one of my favorite actors.
2: Yeah, yeah and his
3: kids his kids know Ozark um, look about 35 now since the show started. <laughs> <But Jason laughs> all Bateman the stress, exactly right? the same.
2: Yeah. All the stress, right. And then we get to episode 11 where basically they find out Navarro's sister Camila put the hit on Navarro. Um, and Who's yes. From Queen of the South with under the same name. Queen the same of the name. South? Wait,
3: Camila's yeah. the character also? Yeah, yeah that's her well, name. That was Queen of the was South. that intentional? I didn't know that. I have no idea. I mean... It might, oh like Jen, it might be like Jen. It Jen in Mexico like in Mexico. I don't know.
2: Like that common. I don't know. Right. <laughs> and then we saw the return of uh Rachel, played by Jord- Jordana Spiro, who was great in season one and season two, but she was not in season three. And she came back from Miami to help uh Ruth. Um, uh, and they're trying to take yeah, she helped over.
3: them at the restaurant, right?
2: Yes. Yeah,
0: she owned the blue okay, blue cat yeah. when he first blue came cat. in and started yeah,
2: laundering. Yeah. Exactly then we get the uh man just crazy crazy wendy in episode 12 the trouble the water yes um where she's insisting on um you know being co- uh committed to uh, a psychiatric uh, hospital because she says i will kill my father uh which is which
0: was insane. uh do, and do you know from the dmv Shra- shrav uh I mean, he was the guy.
2: Is that is that a DMV represented actor? That yeah, that was
0: that was, uh, I and mean, he's in New York now. But he's he's a DMV actor that that uh, that was the the tech who he first got handed off to, and he's like, look, we got 100 100 beds and 105. patients. Right. So. Oh, oh that. okay. Yeah.
2: Good, good shout out. To, I'm glad, glad you uh, um, mentioned that, Dan. Um, yeah, I love it when the DMV is represented. Yeah. Um, uh, which I want to before you go, if I want to throw we own the city, but, uh, uh, but yeah, uh, it was, uh, man, it, she, Wendy, my God, Wendy is so despicable at this point. And she's just, she is so sociopathic with no regard for anything. And I think, you know, Rachel said it, uh, very accurately mm-hmm. that she has no sense of humor and she's, and she's cold hearted and, um, yeah, it's just, she, I mean, she's so far gone at this point, dude. I mean, she's willing to kill her own fucking
0: father. Yeah,
2: yeah, you yeah. know, and and that's just that's just for me that bothers me. A, anytime time, yeah, when I read and the news th- of these crazy stories of like people killing their kids and killing their parents and stuff, it just just it just really really uh, is really troubling for me to yeah. read things like that. Oh and yeah, it's yeah. an scripted show more so. Um, plus, because plus she made um, okay. Yeah, well, because of the, yeah. you know, the kids, and the reason why is because the kids. Are, are are thinking about moving to North Carolina to be with her grandfather, which yeah. you know is a little surprise. I mean, because he all of a sudden this guy shows up, and all of a sudden you know Charlotte and and uh, and and, and uh, the sons, uh, what's the son's name? Uh, they all all of a sudden they want to move to North Carolina. You
0: Jonah. Know?
2: Yeah. Jonah. Thank Jonah. you. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, you know,
3: I guess we're supposed to buy it. <laughs> and plus, and plus, you know, she made um, Marty Bird pull a Will Smith and like beat the guy up in that traffic jam. Yeah. yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah. that was a very jada will moment wasn't it yeah 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 that was crazy uh and then uh episode 13 entitled mud wendy and marty concoct a new exit strategy uh, involves shifting their allegiance from navarro to camila yeah and i don't know if they should have done that but uh mm. you know uh <laughs> uh and then of course um uh yeah one of the the yeah this is when Wendy actually is successfully able to um commit herself into the psychiatric uh ward at that point, so um so now we get to the finale episode fourteen um called a hard way to go and uh wait what was wasn't the episode before that with the car crash uh the the car crash was revealed in the in the final episode it was okay, I believe so yes yeah,
0: so yeah like, when she got crazy. when she got out of the the psych ward they were on the way home from that
2: from the psych okay. ward exactly so that happened in the, so that was basically a red herring guys the 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 bird family are in the minivan which i heard it was a uh callback an easter egg to season one saying they have the most reliable minivan yeah and now, oh, that was, I, think <laughs> that, I think that's a callback to that but what a complete red herring Like that. that was like why did they need i guess you know, we saw that in the first episode of season four, but then we find out what happens. Why do you think we needed that uh, car accident? Oh, that was shown on episode one. It was shown in episode I one forgot about and, that. and in
3: the trailer. I've never seen the trailer. I forgot that they actually showed yeah. it on episode well, one. So I guess they were trying to throw people off.
2: Throw people off. Like, honestly, I, I, at that point, I was expecting Wendy to be gone. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, yeah. I, was, was, I was expecting somebody
3: who was in the truck that caused it, that was working for um, the cartel. <laughs> right. I and think it turns just— up, That it,
0: was nobody. To me, it is is like, you know—and um and I, we haven't gotten all the way there yet, but, but you know, all these shows, they kind of have an unwritten code, or we we as viewers kind of have this expectation, like a subconscious expectation that that the people who have—you're not going to get a happy ending if you haven't earned one. So, like like, you think about Game of Thrones— Theon Greyjoy was never getting a happy ending. He might have gotten a a redemption, but he he turned on his brother, brother and burned two children. He does not get to walk off happily ever after. So
2: that was deplorable.
0: I think that that's that was like this show knows that we're kind of subconsciously expecting one of the birds either marty or 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 wendy to like take the bullet and sacrifice to get the others out and that we're expecting ruth to walk to actually get to live happily ever after because she's getting her shit together and she's earned a redemption yeah,
2: i know and, and that's what i think a lot of the fans uh were very um upset to to find out and yeah let's get into it um we sadly have lost ruth uh, ruth shot by Camila after learning that she was the one that killed javi her son um and uh yeah it was just it was heartbreaking um yeah man so because you know i was thinking maybe maybe down the road they, w- they would want to revisit ozark as another series you know just years down the road i know they didn't. or maybe they want to do a movie you know and you got i mean julia garner again one of the the brightest best young actresses out right now
0: yeah I mean. she did great just <laughs> the whole
2: series the whole series, she's just fantastic and, you know. Just
0: oh, she's a- going to just, I mean, between that and Inventing Anna, she's going to take, I, I feel bad for anybody who's a, an actress who had great roles this year. Like, man, yeah. you're killing it <laughs> on This Is Us, not going to win a thing because Julia Garner is going to be in every yeah. single category that you're in.
2: She's going to be in the best uh, drama series and best limited series with yeah. Inventing <laughs> she's just gonna just yeah she's gonna kill it uh literally and figuratively uh um yeah again very sad very sad to see ruth go um but last but not least the the very ending of the episode um that goddamn undercover agent mel saturn uh man he was obsessed with that cookie jar you know obviously that's the ashes of ben and he's ready to uh we're gonna spill the beans, I guess, and uh, you know, get the uh, the birds uh locked up uh, for sure. Um but uh wow, Jonah at the end. Um is it is it supposed to be assumed that Mel was killed? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Because we just yeah, saw
0: and that, it, 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 and the
3: and that's what the, said, the
0: car crash. The reason that was there, I think I think that was like symbolic that these Four bastards are going to get out of everything. They're going to weasel out of everything. They're never going to face the consequences. They're going to leave just broken bodies and dead bodies behind them. Like,
2: and they own a funeral. um, Yep, (laughs) funeral and the cremation. (laughs) They can, they can. Oh my god, they can burn anybody they want. They can get rid of evidence and bodies. You know, and it's just, it's insane. I mean, it's it's definitely suspension of disbelief. You know, um, by season one and real. I'd say in real life, if a famine like this was doing this, I'm sure within the first year probably they would be gone. But who knows? Yeah. I mean, we've heard stranger things, but uh, no, no pun intended on that <laughs> one. Um, but <laughs> yeah, wow, Jonah. It's the thing. It's like Jonah and Charlotte initially were not bad. They were, they, they weren't. You know, they didn't have an evil Force. bone in their body, and they were right, just, right. you know, kind of influenced over over the course course of four but seasons. There was Marty either. Yeah. Marty
3: wasn't bad at first. Marty and, wasn't bad at yeah, well no, he's a regular accountant, like he kinda was like forced into it. Uh, yes. who, was was the partner that
2: got killed?
0: Yeah. The
3: partner yeah. was doing shady par- stuff and yeah. Yeah, so
2: he kind of was
3: forced into it.
2: Okay, yeah. Yeah. And then I Wendy mean,
3: was forced into it from Marty. So it was like none of them really signed up for it.
0: Yeah,
2: and,
3: and but and I feel again.
0: like so so I feel like Wendy of, of of both of them, Wendy's the one who has just wreaked the most havoc through. Like, oh yeah, like she's such a horrible yeah. black hole of a human being yeah. that <laughs> every single life she touches is just destroyed. Her destroyed. dad, her brother, the preacher, the the both of the um, Smoots or Snoots or Snells, whatever their name is. The and, Snells,
2: yes. Yeah, yeah, everybody
0: Snell. who she encounters, even Marty and her kids, are just just sucked into that that whatever happens like it's like it, it just yeah. she, I Feel like she's the catalyst of all of it
3: she is the catalyst yeah, she kept it going yeah
2: she absolutely kept it going She was the, the most way.
3: ambitious out of all of them
2: yeah and uh yeah that that's ozark type, ozark talk guys i'm, I'm definitely gonna you know, miss but yeah, series it was, for sure.
3: yeah it was a good series i think it's a good place to end it though uh for ozark
2: because yeah. i mean
3: i still think i enjoyed season three better than season four you know not that there's anything wrong with season four but um okay. I think it was a good place to end. I think if they would have won another season, it might have went downhill, in really? the quality of the episode. Cause the only, yeah. Okay, because was going to get to the point where it's, it's going to be
2: like so outlandish,
3: for all the stuff they had to do. Outlandish
2: is the perfect word. Yeah, man. yeah. You it only it's get away like with so Walking much. Dead, where it just keeps going and going and going. And yeah, there. yeah. Walking the thing about Walking Dead is that it's it's based on a set um, anthology, a uh, source material. Where yeah, well, Ozark. I know, but that went on too long all, too. All the
4: beaten path now—it's not even following the point.
2: Yeah. But um, yeah. we'd like to thank, of course, Dan Franco uh, for for joining us. I know you don't have a, uh, but you you know, thank you so much for joining us. And, Thanks, Dan. Uh, it's of fun. Course, um, A comedy of horrors still uh, available uh, on demand.
0: Uh, on demand, all over the place. All uh, of your favorite uh, Bandango, platforms. Itunes, Amazon.
2: Yeah, It's a great film, guys. If you love the horror anthology. Um, but in a comedy format. So you get the m- melding of two genres that is just great. And four distinct stories in one film. Um, with great actors from the DMV and beyond. Um, and yourself and Ken Arnold. Shout out to Ken Arnold who's been amazing and we own the city. Yeah. Yeah, your partner in crime. It's yeah. awesome. Uh seeing Ken and uh two episodes,
0: right? He's been two hey, or I think three. He, I think he did four of the six or five of the six. So <sighs> wow.
2: Yeah, wow, that is amazing, and and some great local talent, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, check out uh, a comedy horrors uh, with Dan Franco. Uh,
0: and can I give a shout? Speaking of Ken, can I give a shout out to our podcast? Yes, yes, please. So no. So we're just uh, we're just <laughs> launching our podcast, uh, which is kind of a spinoff of our goofy Facebook Live thing that we do called Apple Teenies with Ken. It's called Apple Teenies the podcast. It's on Podbean. It's on. Spotify. It's on Apple, uh, Apple podcasts. So, um, we, we just recorded our initial episode and we're, we're having guests, uh, we're, we've just started lining up our guests. So it'll be, it'll be probably the episode zero will be coming out next week. And then we'll have, uh, one every week or every other week here going forward.
4: It's
2: a spinoff of this podcast. They
4: got a, their own a, amazing a
0: stuff going on. A pod family. podern family, they call it, right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, best of luck, Dan. That's awesome. You get into thank that you. world as well. And thank you. Uh, we'll have to have you back uh for, for uh, an extended duration next time. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Right, take care, Dan. Yes, Dan's an expert on uh Mar- everything Marvel and he's an avid Ozark fan, so Wanted okay. to have him on for that. And uh, just a couple more things before we take a classic cut break. Also on Netflix, we also saw Cobra Kai season five, uh, the trailer, uh, which was, it's amazing that we're getting season five so soon, September. right? Remember, but well, considering we just yeah. saw season four, uh, January, we're getting two seasons in the same year. That's kind of unheard of in television,
3: uh, yeah, but I I'm think, not going to argue I think it. Netflix is pushing it because of their um, losing subscribers. They didn't know that Cobra Kai is a big hit. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, wow, yeah but Netflix. wasn't that
4: a hit. It was, wasn't that like Facebook? Because like YouTube Facebook?
3: Red, it started out with, but I mean, it's been a hit on Netflix.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's way bigger on Netflix than ever what had been. Yeah, yeah, yep, exactly. And uh, I mean... Uh, I, I think it's going to be a, a great, fun season. We have Thomas Ian Griffin as T, uh, Terry Silver returning. Um, and of course, we uh, we saw um, Ma- Ralph Machu and, and uh, uh, William Zadka as Johnny Lawrence and, and Daniel LaRusso um, returning with um, tell me the character's name from Okinawa Chosen. Chosen, thank you. Yeah, Chosen from will be. Yeah,
3: Kid Part Two, and he's yes. been in the cover, of Kai
2: chosen will be an integral part of uh season five and uh yeah I'm curious how how um how long uh Cobra Kai is gonna go I'm curious I mean how long do you think the show can go I mean you still got
3: um Hillary Swank which I think they're gonna bring next season or at the end of the season she might show up mm-hmm. at the last you know the last part of the last episode right um, I think this year they're gonna have bad boy Mike Barnes who is in Crowley Kid Three, um, under Terry Silver. I think he'll show up on this season.
4: Are they going to get, get but, with Jaden Smith too, or no?
3: No, he, he's not. <laughs> he's not part of the universe. <laughs> yeah, this is the this is the Miyagi verse. So everybody um, who's been in a movie with Mr. Miyagi is mm-hmm. canon. Yep, exactly. Or
4: Jaden Smith.
3: No, don't 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 pour him. That movie should never been made. <laughs> <laughs> Hillary Swank, yes yeah even that movie is horrible the, the, the best parts of the movie was right. hillary swank and of course Morita uh, was the, the yeah. two only good things about the movie the story the story was was horrific i thought mm-hmm. the yeah. villain was horrible I, hopefully we we'll never see that villain because the villain in there was like a evil hall monitor in the in hillary Swank's <laughs> school yeah it was it was, the, it was the worst it was a military like hall monitor guy yeah
4: i don't even it it was, I that movie to be honest with really. you
3: yeah we'll see it as a joke but this it, is bad there, there were monks and the monks went bowling with them and it's just
2: it's, it's super dumb yeah it pissed me it off was, and that kind of killed yeah. the whole franchise right there absolutely um and netflix uh dropped the trailer for hustle which is a project that i worked on i think maybe uh darth uh paul well, paul did you work on hustle as well yep. yeah and, and adam sandler plays stanley sugarman he's a, a no, wait. Weary... no i didn't work on, no i didn't work on hustle i got paid for hustle because. Uh... They cancel my scene, but I, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. But this is interesting. He plays a, uh, a scout, a talent scout for the, uh, 76ers. Um, and, um, yeah, he's searching for unknown talent. He goes to Spain where he discovers Bo Cruz, uh, played by NBA player Juancho Herman Gomez, uh, a streetball player with a troubled past. So, uh, yeah, let's see if you see yours truly uh, in uh, in hustle. I had uh, had some fun on set, and uh, if we could drop one more tidbit before we uh, take a classic cut break uh, over on HBO, the House of the Dragon teaser trailer because Dan brought up, Beyond uh, uh, Greyjoy, and uh, wow, I just I I got that feeling of excitement that I haven't seen since since i mean let's just be honest okay yes the last season of game of thrones left much to be desired but there's a lot yeah. of anticipation for that eighth season final season there was there felt, a huge I, pet I, up. yeah i know and i feel i felt that again watching then you watch
4: yeah. and you're like damn that stuff yeah
2: yeah it looked yeah. amazing again this is 200 years before the events of game of thrones where just the targaryens ruled so you're going to see nothing but targaryens and we saw dragons we saw dragon eggs um you know um we sh- we sh- saw the heads of the stark and baratheon and house valerian families pledging to targaryen king viserys and his heir princess Rhaenyra, who we saw which kind of just brought me back to to amelia uh, clark's uh, you know uh, mother of dragons you know cuz she kind of yeah. had that the similar look about her uh, uh, as that princess, um, but uh, we're gonna see that on H- August twenty first on HBO, um, and I can't wait, man. It's gonna yeah, be- I hope they I, I hope they do well right by it, you know, especially
3: knowing how a lot of people were didn't like how the last series turned out. Maybe they're gonna step mm-hmm.
2: it up on the series and get the people what they want. Yeah, let's get the people what they want. Another much anticipated HBO show is Westworld. Wait, this is, this is more than one news, but... Yeah. Well, this is HBO. This is the last one. Um, so, uh, yeah, Ariana DeBose um, from West Side Stories joining Westworld in a recurring guest role for the upcoming fourth season. And if you saw the teaser trailer, it looks pretty awesome. I don't know if anyone here is a Westworld fan, but some really, really creepy, <laughs> creepy moments.
4: I watched the first two seasons, but after the like third season, I was like, eh.
2: You are eh, uh, well... Uh, this trailer, you know, kind of brings up that excitement again. And, of course, very, very creepy host. They had this one creepy host with, like, the entire face just, like, imploding. It, just, just, uh, it was really, really – it was kind of gross, actually. The trailer was really freaky looking. It's going to give me nightmares, guys. It really is. So, All right. So um, we're going to actually go ahead and take a classic cut break um, and then listen to – Our final interviews from the fan expo in Philadelphia. So here we go with the classic cut.
0: Where my dog's at? It is time for King Chachi's classic cuts. Holla at your boy.
3: Yeah, that's right, Chachi in Charge, once again, for a Chachi's Classic Cut, where I'm going to go into the archives and pick out something special for you guys. And this week, I wanted to pick a song that was played in the final episodes of um, Ozark. And this is a ah. song you might recognize. Um, actually, was from a little bit before the 80s this week, actually March 1979, so just missed the 80s just by you know, nine months. But this is by a group called sticks. people who remember that group, this is the song Renegade, which was fe- featured in
2: uh, one of the final episodes of Ozark. So rest in I peace, Ozark. That. Yeah. Rest in peace, Ozark and oh. a great selection for the classic cut. And Chachi will be um, leaving the virtual building. Um, yep. uh, and uh, thanks for joining us here on BTV. Chachi McFly. Right, a good one. Cheers. See you guys. All right. Enjoy. All right, so we're going to do a classic cut and then we're going to go straight into the interviews. So we'll be back right after this. Alright guys, we're here with voice actress and actress extraordinaire Carolina Ravassa uh, good to have you here uh, here at Fan Expo. Yeah. How's your uh, expo experience been so
5: far? Oh gosh, it's my first Philly Fan Expo, and it's been really busy. Really fun. Good times. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, awesome. And
2: last time I saw your hair was very different. Yeah. Your hair now is very somber You're your Overwatch character, yes? Yeah. Was that the motivation for, for getting uh, the
5: hairstyle? I had wanted to get a side shape for a while, but okay. I didn't have the guts. And then after I did Sombra, I was coming around to it. And a friend suggested I raise funds for charity if I got the side shape. So I put it out on Instagram one day. I said, Would you guys donate to charity if I get the summer side shape? Yeah. And they all said yes. And I said, Okay. So we, we did a GoFundMe that day and we raised $14,000 wow. in two days. And I, I donated it to a school in Columbia where I'm from. Look uh, that. Yeah. So, so I on oh. a side shave but I had long hair and so this is this is new the short short hair is brand new I
2: love yeah. it I love it and this is probably going to maybe help the Overwatch live action film right you know totally
5: <laughs> crossing fingers yeah. for that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah is that the, on the top of your audition list perhaps that yeah? would be awesome And we don't know if it will happen but I would love an animated series for sure animated series or even a live action series yes totally I'm down for it all no questions asked I'll do it yes, yes. very very cool yeah. well tell us a little bit about more about all the acting
2: gigs I know you've done a lot of voiceover work but um as an actress what, what has been some of your latest projects you can talk about? Um,
5: I'm now working on a Riot video game called Valorant oh cool and I, I voice a Brazilian character called Raze she's nice. awesome very energetic and, and loud and uh, yeah. bombastic I have worked on some cool animated projects for Netflix Maya and the 3 it was by Jorge Gutierrez Zoe D- Zaldan is the main actress so oh, good. really really beautiful animation and um, Ridley Jones, also on Netflix, and I'm now working on an animated series for Disney called Hamster and Gretel, by the same creator of Phineas and Ferb. And I play an awesome mom. I'm Gretel's mom, so oh, cool. I made quite a few episodes. And then I produced my first feature during the pandemic. You produced it? Yeah. Wow, let's talk about the feature. Yeah, yes. I, uh, a writer director reached out to me with a script, and I read it and loved it. It's about a gamer and a cosplayer who goes through the pandemic living alone in her apartment. And we see her kind of game and, and half work on cosplay. Yeah. But she's alone, so she goes through some really tough stuff and goes through some dark times like we all did because the pandemic was tough for a lot of people especially if you were I mean not especially I think everybody had their own experience but if you were alone it was even lonelier and so the script is about this and then she rediscovers her love for cosplay so she makes a Mercy cosplay cool look at that um, and uh, I collaborated with Melanie Jasmine who's a beautiful cosplayer at KotsubCon actually when I dressed up as Sombra she made that one and she oh, made this wow. Mercy and so it's a hopeful film beautiful I think uh, and it has not come out yet but the trailer is up on my Instagram and my YouTube channel and I hope that we can get it distributed soon
2: Wow! Yeah, yeah, it's so, a we film. yeah, we can't wait to, to hear more about that. And I was just glancing on your IMDb. You had one particular credit that that stood out for me, uh, Mr. Robot. Yeah, yeah, it Yeah. How was that experience? Uh, um, was your scene partner Rami Malek?
5: Uh, he comes in at the end of my scene. My yeah. scene partner was actually Bobby Cannavale, oh, whom yes. I love. It's phenomenal. Uh, yeah. You know, it was just a one day on set. I wish it had been more. It was a, it was a funny little scene. I'm trying to buy a car from Bobby, and we have a little kerfuffle, and I have to pull over, and then Rami gets in because they're, like, figuring out a deal there. So it was really awesome to get to meet Rami. He's really nice. Mm-hmm. I told him Sombra's a hacker, just like him. Yes. Um, and it was great to work with Bobby. So, And then the creator of, of the series also directed us, so that was uh, yeah, Sam no. Esmail. It was great. It was, it was a great experience, yeah. That
2: sounds like an amazing experience. Now, the last time we talked to you was a... A, a film cut Dopamine I mean, is yeah. that is that uh, are, are the audiences uh, able to watch that because that had a very powerful <laughs> message that yeah.
5: was a that was the uh, that was a a series that unfortunately yeah. has gone nowhere I think they're they're uh, still trying to finish other footage okay. from else, elsewhere but I I you know sometimes we work on things and then we don't know what happens so sure. it's kind of the name of the game you just after you've acted you, you wait for it to come out and a lot of stuff doesn't come out or you know I don't know
2: well hopefully we do get to see it because you're yeah. amazing talent Thank you, and thank very you. Very lovely, uh, Carolina Rivas. Thank you so much for talking thank with us.
5: Thank you. And uh, when my new video games come out, because I'm working yes. on three oh, okay, that okay. I can't tell you about, right. I will announce on my Instagram, and that'll be exciting because they're all characters are really fun. Awesome. I'm very excited. Yeah.
2: Follow Carolina on our Instagram and uh, thank you. All the social medias, right?
5: Yes, and you get a sombra boop.
2: <laughs> nice. thank you so much and if you could let us know who you are I am uh, and let us know you're on Below the Belt just the podcast and click on this our YouTube
5: show what's Below the Belt Below the Belt shows our podcast no I know but what's Below I the know. Belt <laughs> um we're on <laughs> let's, let's do that again I made him nervous um guys <laughs> I hope we keep this for the interview. Don't <laughs> cut it. Don't yeah, cut I it. it. I love it. Um, I'm Carolina Rebaça, the voice of Sombra Online and raise in Valorant. Her um, Ultimate. Here comes the party, and you are on Below the Belt yes. podcast and interview stuff. Below the Belt.
2: Guys, we got an old friend of ours here on Below the Belt Show. This is the smoke, Eric What's Moran, who's been doing cosplay, acting forever, and was actually a guest on our original BTB, and of course,
6: former wrestler as well, right? That's right. That's right. Now I decided to go into the entertainment realm. If one right. person could do it, why not I? I mean, you know, we got everything out there. All You know, the, 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 the world is open to anyone that wants to go in entertainment, and why not I mean, I was good at doing mic work on the mic. Why not get in front of the big cameras and on the big screen and all that? So I'm having the time of my life and all. I've been doing a lot of TV shows. Um, I'm recently in a, a movie right now, a superhero movie. Let's Sur- talk about the movie, yes. Oh, wow. Let's go. Surge of Power, where there's smoke, I'm actually one of the featured superheroes in the um, series. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be... Um, it's going to be coming out later in the year. Um, you have Robert Ricardo in it. You got Tim Russ, Michelle Nichols, Sam Jones, just to name a few. And oh, Sam it, Jones. It, it's, yeah, yeah. It's going to be coming out real soon. I'm doing a lot of other, like, TV. And, and I have... Um, fan series going on, the space around the Orville Planetary Step. So, like I said again, man, I'm just having a time of my life being in comic books and everything else, so it's been great, man. It's been great.
2: Can you talk about your character's uh, abilities, the superpowers?
6: Well, the smoke is basically his, his smoke. Basically has the power of, of basically levitating with, using the power of smoke to to take and, and like basically mess up his uh, enemy and not mm-hmm. be able to be you know taken out and all this stuff. Plus, he's an extrovert, skilled fighter, power military, all that stuff. So there's a lot more. I can't wait for you guys to see Surge Power Where's your smoke. Wow. How about the 420 smoke? The, the what? The 420 smoke. The 420 smoke. Mm. <laughs> the 420 smoke, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother Whole another, whole another level. <laughs>
2: whole nother, and a whole another level, bro. Well, we don't have to get into that. Well, let's talk about um, cosplaying because you've yeah. also been a fixture in the cosplay scene, yeah. seeing all over uh, Philadelphia and Jersey
6: and yeah. I, I all think, over the place. I think it really took off. I mean, I've been a cosplayer before. Cosplaying was called cosplay. Yeah. I was a geek. A, a lot of us don't. A lot of people don't know. I was a geek. I'm a comic book geek, big nerd, and all. So what happened was, I ended up. Started showing more of my fandom and everything else in um, doing costumes and all, and I was doing it when I was a kid. But it got more to the forefront before cosplay became mainstream. Right, and I was like, why not? Why not show my fandom and all? And before you know it, I was on tour. I was I was appearing as a pro wrestler, and then it crossed over to appearing as a cosplayer, hosting uh, panels, hosting, emceeing, um, end up. Um, Being one of the hosts on Heroes of Cosplay on Sci-Fi Channel. Nice. And it opened a lot of doors. I ended up going on tour. And that branched out into so many more things and all. So it's one blessing after the other. It's another chapter in The Smokes. Many, 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 many chapters
2: of his Who's your Who's your signature cosplay?
6: Signature cosplay? Man, I got so many. I got so many. I've done well over, close to like, well over 5,000 different cosplays. 5,000? 5,000. I I kid you not. I didn't know that they made superheroes and supervillains. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, cosplay doesn't limit you just doing comic books. You can do TV characters, everything under the sun. So I've done it all. One of my signature ones, I think, would be, I guess, would be Spawn. That's just one of my signature ones Like that everybody automatically, when they see me, they're like, holy crap. I've done everything from mech cosplays to like small cosplays, Star Wars, Star Trek, you name it, I've done it all. From old school cosplays, from stuff we grew up on in the 70s to the current stuff and all. I got a whole bunch of new stuff. In fact, I carried one of my cosplays I'm going to probably wear later on on the floor here and all. So I'm having the time of my life. All right. Well, when can we expect this movie to come out, the
2: one that you're doing with uh, Sam Jones?
6: Well, the Sam. Uh, well, the Surge of Power, Where There's Smoke, is coming out later in the year. We're in Snow Post. Uh, it would have came out last year, but because of COVID and everything, right. we had to hold back and everything okay, else. some post-production. Yeah, yeah. So right now we're in post-production. They're finishing up some last-minute stuff. And it looks like we're going to be coming out later in the year and all. So Jeez. you're going to be stay tuned. I'm going to be sending you like the first trailer when it comes out. All now. right. That'd yeah. be dope. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just blessed to be able to do what I'm doing. The smoke's going to smoke them all out. On that movie set, that's for sure. As
2: I always do. <laughs> and if for all time's sakes, do a promo for us. Yes. Maybe let us know who you are. And let us know you're on Below the Belt Show and your best smoke promo. Okay. Maybe old school. Alright, yes. Alright. Ready? Go ahead. Hey, this is the smoke, and you're
6: here below the belt with the one and only Mr. Sato himself. And if you don't know, now you know for the smoke
2: has spoken <laughs> smoke guys
7: <laughs>
2: all right that was yeah the classic cut sticks which was featured in right. ozark followed by our final interviews from the fan expo in philadelphia the smoke <laughs> and uh, voice actress extraordinaire carolina ravassa um so yeah we we um we kind of skipped over into Netflix straight from Doctor Strange but there's a lot of other movie stuff going on big paul uh one being the avatar way of the water trailer uh, did you get a chance to yeah, see that cool. yeah cuz it actually was part of the doctor strange um yeah. the doctor strange uh you know if you went to the theaters it was part of the previews um wow i mean i think they've really improved on the special effects since I mean, that movie, the initial movie came out in 2009, right? So we're talking long, like 11. Seems like a long time. Yeah, 11, 13 years since the last film. Damn. And now they're doing parts two, three, four, and 5. So a lot of people might have forgotten, you know, Avatar. Sure, it was g- groundbreaking for the effects, but I am guess I'm going to have to watch the original Avatar movie one more time before I get into this new one. But yeah, the trailer was was beautiful. It was really, really nice, what did you think?
4: I thought the special effects looked great, especially with like the underwater scenes and uh the weird animals they had and stuff.
2: yeah, they have all those exotic exotic animals, and of course, uh just really the Navi people in general are just very uh, very interesting yeah. looking uh as a whole, so uh very, very cool and speak- they
4: look like fish cat people they have that kind of look to them for some reason. the
2: fish cat people. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I guess I I
2: I think, from you know, they kind of remind me of uh Gungans from Star Wars uh, episode one. I
4: guess
2: right. Yeah, those Gungans. Damn Gungans, Jesus. <laughs> uh, speaking, yeah, speaking of sci-fi, some uh other sci-fi movies that are uh uh which is number two on my list is um Kaya, Skoldario, and Lance Reddick and ben hardy are set to cast in a uh, a sci-fi thriller called apteros all right so apteros sees a crew of seven astronauts including a, a science officer a captain a systems engineer and an onboard artificial intelligence en route to mars after bacterial life is discovered on the red planet um i feel like i've seen this movie before <laughs> You and know, it kind the, of
4: sounds like a Martian a little bit, but it's the mean, Martian, yeah. yeah,
2: and that that other horror film that was uh, you know, the I know which one you yeah, yeah, yeah. the name of the the pedal escapes me, but I feel like I've seen this film before, but uh it's set to shoot in Hungary this fall uh, this fall. So uh also another really interesting sci-fi romance called Fingernails, All right. So this is uh set in a surreal future where, where married couples can undergo a test to see if they are truly in love so i guess it used some kind of artificial intelligence as well um and jesse buckley who you might know from the lost daughter and riz ahmed um who was in that star wars uh, rogue one movie um basically uh, a woman undergoes a test and doesn't believe her positive result is accurate so she takes an assistant job at a love institute under instructor uh, named Trevor, played by Riz Ahmed. Um, it's labeled a sci-fi romance, so I guess you know we're, we're gonna have to see whether sci-fi. Mean, her husband for
4: this guy who's in charge of his institute? I mean, that kind of. That's serious. what I'm
2: thinking. Yeah, yeah, but I guess it's a very scientific on, on that aspect of how this technology works. Um, upcoming horror films which is number three on my list. Uh, we're gonna see a six-scream movie and. Uh uh, for this yeah are you are you a fan of the screen franchise I, I,
4: i'm just like we don't really need a sixth one i think the last one kind of closed it out for us it's like we really don't need another movie screen <laughs> movie.
2: i don't know the it was very very successful that fifth movie you know um it
4: was but i mean it's like that was supposed to just be the end of it
2: yeah um well the surviving um cast members <laughs> uh, melissa Barrero, jasmine savoy brown mason gooding and jenna ortega will be reprising their roles for the next scream movie um and i believe do we have our special guest christy paris on the I guess,
4: I know, but i don't see the guest yet
2: let's see if she uh is joining us hi right. christy
1: hi how are you guys hi, doing Christy. It? good to good have here.
2: you on thank. below the belt show
1: thank you i'm so I'm excited Soto. here yeah. And my
2: guest co-host is uh, Big Darth Paul Wallace, the Sith Lord. I am a Sith Lord. <laughs> uh, it's good to have you on b t b and uh, got to check out your uh, short film by the way. Uh, Amy Victoria, which is making its festival rounds. And I was actually really impressed of what you were able to put together uh, during the pandemic when, you know every everything was shut down and uh, it was a very scary time, you know, and uh, yeah. and for some people a very boring time because what you what can you do, you know, when you're stuck at home? But you actually decided to get creative and and, and uh, produce your own independent film.
1: Yeah, it was um, a friend of mine, Michael, called and was like, "Hey, I want you to direct," and I was like, um, "I'm not sure how that's going to happen during a pandemic." Like we were at the height of the pandemic. I mean, the height. Like right. When you're like wiping down your groceries and bad, <laughs> you know what I mean. No but,
2: vaccines. But yeah.
1: you don't know, like you're like this yeah. crap, you know.
2: It's a scary, It was a scary time. I recall yeah. that. Yeah,
1: yes. it was scary. So I was like, well, how am I going to direct, you know, um, you know, if we're not going to be able to get in person with people? And he was like, no, we're going to send everybody cell phones and we're mm-hmm. going to direct over Zoom. And I was like, wow, oh. okay. And then he was like, oh, after you say yes, which I said yes, he was like, oh, by the way, um, your two actresses are deaf. And I was like, <laughs> wait, what? what? <laughs> how, how am I supposed to? Right. You
2: don't, you don't know ASL, do you?
1: No. So I'm like, <laughs> how am I going to do this over Zoom on top of that? you right. know. And direct people who are deaf to, you know, do oh the cameras. Goodness. What a challenge. Yeah, it <laughs> was, it really, it truly was. But it was so amazing. I think I got more out of it than maybe they did. You know, I mean, it was like, it it lets you know that you're capable of doing so many things. And mm-hmm. I met two actresses that I would have never befriended because, you know, I I'm not around people who are deaf right and and it opened up my world to a whole new um culture that i wasn't aware of and now i've become an advocate and and i think the biggest joy was listening to the lead actress and her saying this is the best work that i've ever done because you know she was like you're an incredible director and i was like oh my gosh you know but i kind of knew i was good at that i just didn't know if i could do camera work cuz i do directing for stage and working with actors ah okay but but not on camera so um it was it was during the the time of the pandemic um i i told myself i said you you need to learn something like i knew that i would beat myself up if I didn't learn something during the pandemic, and the two things that I learned was more voiceover work, which I do already, but I learned a different genre and then of yes. course directing. so
2: yeah and and voiceover luckily did not stop during the pandemic. The voiceover continued to flourish when when a lot of productions uh, stopped uh, during that that specific time. Now, was and you mentioned you directed stage before. Was this your directorial debut though for film? It was okay wow yeah i'm really impressed (laughs) considering yeah i mean uh so this is something that you want to do more of now that you've had you know you got your feet wet into the like the film you know directing aspect
1: yes i mean the joy for me is being able to work with the actors and pulling out of them what you really want you know, and again, the challenge that I had with working with, uh, like, Natasha, who played the lead, um, you know, how do you communicate what you need when you can't verbally say it? So how do you right. express yourself so that she can express herself through the camera? You know, or yeah. on
7: camera?
1: Um, but I enjoy being able to pull out of um, kids. I've worked with kids directing musicals and and other stuff, but. Being able to pull out of them something that they never thought that they could do is the most rewarding you know feeling that you can be and get as a being in this art, this art world.
2: Wow. Wow, that's awesome. Um so so the writer is is one of the uh actresses in the film, right? Am I right? Uh, no, she's the she, interpreter. She was an interpreter.
1: No, so the so Natasha Ophelia is um She's actually, she actually wrote and directed an, uh, I'm sorry, she wrote and produced another one called The Multi. Ah, okay. Right. Okay. But this particular one, um, Michael is the one that created the, the project and then produced it and so forth and wrote it.
2: Right. And, and a lot of you are meeting virtually for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, <laughs> another yeah. completely, uh, Ah, so just like in uh, the interview that we're doing, uh, conducting right now. Yeah, that, that's very interesting. And uh, I'm sure, was there any challenges with the editor because you're using um, that kind of format, using iPhones and, and, and that sort? Well,
1: I, we didn't have any issues with that per se. Uh, the one thing that I wanted to make sure was, um, because I, you know, again, I don't come from the, the deaf world, I wanted to honor... Um, their way of expressing themselves. And what I mean by that is, you know, one time the editor cut off a little bit of the hands and I was like, no, we will not be putting that in there because that was one of the complaints. Yeah. That the deaf community talked about is that when, mm-hmm. you know, when you have somebody else who's not deaf, they're not telling the real story. Oh and yeah. yeah. If you're doing, if you know, you only see this of the hands, <laughs> Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's good you caught that. Hey, you told the editor. Yeah. <laughs> to,
1: yeah to no, fix that, no. right? I was like, no, we're we're not using that. Yes, it's the best shot, but no. Who's okay. who is it who is it the best shot for? For us, the hearing, right. or for the person who's deaf who should be watching this and telling their story. So no, we're right. gonna tell the story the right way.
2: Wow. And and again, great of course, like a movie like Coda has yeah, bought yeah. so much uh uh, exposure to the deaf community and to see uh, this, this film, you know, uh, did you think that maybe, well, I guess this is, this is film shot before Coda, but do you, after seeing something like Coda get all that, uh, you know, award, you know, um, praise, uh, you know, and actually winning best picture, right. Uh, right. Did you, did you think uh, positively about this film when you entered it in festivals?
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, because we had already won two awards uh, the end of last year. So, yeah. You know, and then you're seeing Coda. I was like, yeah, there's no coincidence that I happen to do this type of film during the same time. So um I knew that we were on to something. And I, I really, I have a very s- spiritual background. Um, So I really believe that God was like, hey, you know, because I, I'll, you know, fear, you know, fear wants to make you go, I don't know, I shouldn't do this. Oh, maybe yeah. it's not. I mean, this and you know what I mean? It's those things that um, but but as you push through the fear and you challenge yourself and you go at it, you go with it in joy and excitement and you trust your gut, um, I believe that things work out the way that they're supposed to. And I also believe that there are no coincidences. So I personally, in my heart feel like there was no coincidence that I happened to do this the same year that Coda became. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
2: Serendipitous almost. Yeah, oh,
1: absolutely.
2: Wow. Have you thought about your next directorial project?
1: I'm working on a um, kind of a, a, like a social conscious type show. And bringing That's, a bunch of people from different parts of the world to be able to talk about cool. different subjects, yeah. Cool. So, just a little producing, hosting, directing—you know, a little bit of combination. Yeah,
2: yeah. Awesome. Well, let's talk about stuff in front of the camera because uh, obviously, Christy, you have some amazing, uh, mm-hmm. amazing credits. I mean, your IMDb has a long list of amazing credits, and uh, as as myself and Paul, we're, were big. Uh, into the, the the superhero genre and we saw Into the Spider-Verse and that kind of caught yeah. our, our eye and that you did some voiceover work for, for that film. How, how was that experience and, and and doing, in general, doing a voiceover uh, for a, a, a film of that scale?
1: Yeah, so I do something um, that is not really known too well, but we do all of the extras in the background for different TV shows and movies. Okay. Um. And so... Uh, like winning time about the Lakers. That's on yes. HBO right now. I, yes. I worked that. Um, I did all ten episodes, and um, I also did the new Spider-Man that just came out. So I no do way a- home. Yes, and yes. So, um, so I do a lot of these type of things. And when, of course, that showed up into my world, into my universe—no pun intended. It Really, is <laughs> um, <laughs> of course, I was like absolutely let's do this and uh, and it was a joy it was it was amazing to see you know this character that's you know african-american being the lead and then later you know my nephew and my nieces especially my nephew like he calls me he's like auntie can you talk to my friends they they just they don't believe that you were in spider-man you know and i'm like hi everybody you know, he's 13 hi everybody right. yeah i was in spider-man i actually did both spider-man you know so um so when you say toys,
2: addition, when you say additional voices can you can you mention the specific characters because you, you did a lot of the the extra extra characters
1: yeah so, yeah so a lot of times um sometimes they they're specific um but uh but i can't really say you know like which one because i don't know if i really paid that much attention okay <laughs> and what I mean is like you just go in and they're like hey get that girl that's over there or get that police officer there mm-hmm. and then you'll say something and sometimes it makes it in the movie sometimes it doesn't maybe sometimes they'll switch it to another voice you know like I did um <laughs> I did black widow which I was you know oh, surprised dope. yeah and I did it like a whole bunch of times and then when I I watched it um, not too long ago and I was like they
2: they use somebody that, else's.
1: That sounds good. Damn it. You know I mean? Yes. Yeah, so I was like, I'm I still get paid, so I'm not gonna complain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's one of those things where um, you know you, you get to a place where you do it every day that you you're not paying that much attention all the time,
7: right?
1: You know what <laughs> I mean. Because also to you, you, don't want to get so like, oh my God, I'm going to be in such and such. And then people watch it and they're like, where are you? And I'm like,
2: uh, Yeah. You know? Another recent one I see is the uh, Vacation Friends movie with John Cena. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Much fun. <laughs> Lil' <laughs> Rao Howery. Yeah. Yeah. Are, yeah. You la- are you able to pinpoint these specific voices that we might hear in that film?
1: No. Okay. <laughs> nope. I'm just like, no clue.
2: It's a fun. It was a fun film, though, no oh, yeah. doubt. Yeah, it was, great. I, it was great. No doubt. Wow. Well, I mean, obviously, one of your bigger roles is in Scrubs, and I know they've been doing a lot of like uh, sequel series or, or reboots and, and that sort. And I think Scrubs is on that list. A lot of fans want to see, um, you know, another iteration of Scrubs. What are your thoughts on that? And would you be on board?
1: Well, I think I think it's smart. Um, I think there's a fan base out there. Of course, I would always be on board. It's just, you know, the question is always, was my character significant enough? Now, I know people around the world stop me all the time, you know, because it like one of their biggest, one of the biggest shows, you know, that people recognize to this day is Scrubs, yeah. um, you know, or when I'm out of town and I'm, you know, passions and you know i'm in canada or i'm in germany and people just like oh my god that's the... and i'm like oh who are they talking about oh me you <laughs> know like oh um but yeah you know the question is you know do they feel like the character is um significant enough to to want to bring back but heck yeah of course i i would do it i mean it was a joy to work on everybody was amazing
2: i mean you you did like at least a dozen episodes right
1: um, no, I did like I did five episodes. Okay. Yeah, I did five episodes. So okay. right before he started dating Mandy Moore, and then she he he was dating her, and then she was the the next person that was that was uh his girlfriend on the show. So right. I got a booty because of the girlfriend. I'm sure there <laughs> were other reasons. You know, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. That's the story. Right. Yeah, you know they had to write my character off because you know he was dating Mandy Moore. So right. He, <laughs> uh, I got boot, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm sure it was because of some other reasons, but that's the excuse that I'm gonna use. Make Would, me
2: you, look good. S- would you say uh, Scrubs was the the hi- one of the highlights of your career? Because you've done a lot of great TV sh- shows. I'm yeah. sitting here uh, Keenan and Kel, Moesha, yeah. Seventh Heaven, General Harvey Hospital, Harvey.
1: yeah, Sister Sister, um, you know, Castle, okay. Eve, of yes. all of it. Um,
2: so yeah. many television,
1: yeah, it was definitely one of the highlights of my career, but I mean, you the one the one I actually did a film that's probably had over twenty million views. Um it's called Steps of Faith. It's a faith-based oh. film. And oh. I mean, I shot that in two thousand and fifteen. They just did a, um, Joel Olstein has a church, you know, he's a big, huge pastor.
7: Um, Mm -hmm. They
1: did like a movie night and aired that movie. That movie was in 2015. That's seven years ago. And they still aired that movie and people still like, I love this movie. It's so amazing. I mean, I'm like, oh, wow. And it was just this little indie Film we shot it in no. 7 days. I was in every scene except for two. And <laughs> I didn't know, I had no idea it was going to blow up the way that it did. So that's probably one of the major highlights and then Craig Ross Jr.'s Monogamy is another one. That that character Deandra that I play is probably the most complex character that I've always that that I've had the opportunity to play.
2: Right. Was there a particular show that you've auditioned for that you're like dying the book and you were so close, maybe like pinned and you're like one of two and and if you if so, uh, are you able to say what it is?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've had several of those. I mean, that's just the beauty of the beast, right? Right. right. I mean, like, there's moments where you're like, I mean, there's still stuff that I'm like, still like. That I'm like, you gotta let it go, Christy. You gotta let
2: it go. <laughs> yeah, we're both actors yeah. here, Paul and myself. I mean, <laughs> oh, shoot.
1: you know, I mean, it's the, like the yeah. callback
2: is exciting, but also very stressful at the same oh, time. Oh
1: man, yeah, listen, because you're on hold. I mean, I'm like, you know, they're like, hey, oh my God, they're you know, you're their number one choice, and then it's like, oh yeah, they want a different direction.
2: Yeah, that's that's usually what they say, yeah, a different direction. Bad. I hate that. I, it's so yeah. condescending. <laughs>
1: I'm going like, in a different direction. If I hear somebody else say how talented I am and I should be a superstar, I'm like, well, then give me a job. Like, make me <laughs> a superstar. Stop talking all that mess. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I remember I had this pilot called Haley's Comet, and this show was like, it tested really well, and it was a David E. Kelly, and at that time, yeah, he's a big David E. Kelly had about five shows going at one time, right? Wow. So he was the hottest thing at the time. So I'm like, oh, yeah, and they just kept rewriting me in, like, into this pilot, and I'm like, oh, and then I got a phone call. They were like, hey, um, the show, they were like, yo, it's gonna go. It hasn't been announced yet, but it's gonna go. And then... That week, like the next day, Grey's Anatomy aired, and they had 11 million views. And the following day, we got a message saying that the show was not going to go.
2: Oh,
4: okay. oh,
1: man. And our show was just like Grey's Anatomy. But
2: oh, we- man, because that, that yeah. show's already up into what, 20-some <laughs>
1: Since there's something yep. like crazy like that, it's like, uh,
2: and the show is comparable. I'm like,
1: what the F, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. You're talking about uh, being heartbroken in so many ways. Um, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it was, it's just, it was, it was devastating because um, it was such a hit. And then the lead girl in this show. She ended up being on The Walking Dead. She ended up being on another show, and then she ended up being on The Walking Dead, like one of like like the very uh, popular character on the show.
2: Do and you recall the actress's name?
1: I can't remember her name. Okay. I okay. see her face. I could look it up as we're talking. But um Was it the one that played McSonne? I you know what? I didn't watch The oh, Walking okay. Dead. Yeah, I um I actually that's not true. I did watch The Walking Dead. Um I just never finished it. And uh but yeah, no, she was and all I kept thinking was what happened to my career? Lauren Lauren Cohen. Cohen. Yeah, yeah.
2: Lauren Cohen. Yeah. Oh, yes,
1: she, still <laughs> yeah. she was she was so good and she was so good in the she's she's just a ph- phenomenal actress. But, you
7: know,
1: yeah. the one thing, though, that you have to have is you have to have great representation. If you don't have, a, you know, great representation, um, you know, you can get left in this desk. It it's like, you know, throwing up things up against the wall as sometimes yeah. you don't have a chance. You could be the best actor, but um, if they have a deal, you know, with a package deal with CAA, sometimes you're not going to have the opportunity. Now, it's not always the truth, so I don't want yeah. to I don't want to put the negativity in people's heads because it's not always sure. Um, but having strong, you know, representation is extremely helpful because sometimes you can get, you can get a a leg in the door a lot easier or quicker, or they might give you the script earlier for you to read. And then you have more time as opposed to the regular world who gets the audition, you know, the night before, um, and then the other thing is making sure that your representation really understands your goals. Because I had a management team that told me to turn down projects that I regret to this day. That oh, I, my career would have been in a whole different place if he hadn't had discouraged me about, you know, turning some of this stuff down. I'd have been, I'd have been oh. doing. Yeah, at I, the, you know, at I, the I, end of the
2: day, you got to make your decision, right? I yeah. mean.
1: But you um, also have to understand when you're young and you're impressionable and you think right. that they know better than you, then you will go with what they're saying because what they're saying sounds like it makes sense.
7: Mm-hmm.
1: But in actuality, it it actually hurt my career because um, it was when UPN and, War- and Warner Brothers merged mm-hmm. and. And I was uh, they really liked me a lot. And so CBS, because CBS owned all of that kind of stuff. And um, and so what ended up happening was they wanted me to do one of their new shows that was like brand new. They weren't paying any money because, you know, the CW was brand new. Right. So I ended. Yes. So I ended up not doing the show because they they weren't paying enough money. And then I had to drive. It was like all this extra stuff. He's like, no, they should be paying for you to drive to San Diego. Yeah. My other girlfriend ended up doing. Her ass blew up. Uh, oh. she, didn't play, she didn't play my role, but she ended okay. up doing all this great, all these other great shows. Yeah. And had I done it, I believe that when I ended up auditioning for another CW show, a pilot, um, yeah. I probably would have gotten that pilot. I ended up not getting it. Another girl got it. And that girl ended up doing Vampire Diaries. Because the Vampire Diaries was first. And then I think the originals. The
2: originals was a spinoff of that. Yeah. yeah.
1: But she ended up, so that girl that got that pilot, I believe she was the girl. I, I believe the girl that got the pilot was the girl that ended up getting Vampire Diaries. And you'd see how amazing her career ended up. You know what I mean? Right. I
7: believe
1: in my heart of hearts, had I done that show for no money, I would have been in the mix of their like, hey, we love Christy. Oh my God, we got this pilot for you. 'Cause they do holding deals, they do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. At the time I was I
2: mean, one of their favorites. Yeah. In, in CW I've seen a lot of actors in, in other shows, especially the, the DC right. uh Arrowverse. Yeah. yeah. They use a lot of the same actors and they can go to from show to show and and, and things of that sort. But um uh, mm-hmm. how's the how's the audition hustle now for you?
1: Um I mean, listen, I'm a hustler, I'm always gonna make money. I'm always going to work. You know what I mean? Like you got to diversify yourself. You have to, um, you have to do auditions for on camera and theater, and then you're doing voiceover and then you're directing and then you're producing. Like you have to learn how to have multiple hats to make multiple streams of income. You can't rely upon one thing. And so the reason why I don't stress if because seasons go up and down one minute you're hot next next minute you might not be your ethnicity could be hot right now, and then the next thing you know it's not hot, and then another group of people are hot, older people are hot, then younger people are hot, so you just don't know when you're the it person, and in that meantime, so that you don't drive yourself crazy, you gotta diversify you gotta learn how to have other um uh, just other streams of income in this industry and learn how to do other things. And I've learned how to do that. So when the acting on camera isn't working all that great, I'm still doing voiceover here. So I'm always going to be fine. I always go, I'm always going to have enough money to take a trip, to go hang yes. out, to worry, to not be trying to get a second job, to not be. And I've been doing this for 24 years and 24 I four years
2: in the business. Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've never wow. had to, anything other than acting because you know now it's been a struggle you know what i mean and i did do promotional stuff like ba work when we had a we had a the, the market crash the uh, back in 2008 right well, i That's did that because sure. yeah and we had a strike at the same time so things got tough Oh
2: yeah i remember but, that. <laughs> That's, wow yeah yeah,
1: yeah but That's
2: what, the year when reality tv took precedence and actors were like
1: <laughs> there's another one and, and
2: before streaming Because now there's like 10 million shows now, so it's a lot better for actors than it was, but at the same time, more competitive, you know?
1: He was like, do not do a reality show. It's going (laughs) to die out.
2: Were you close to doing one? Have you thought about it? Well,
1: no. I mean, you know, I just never... I think he embedded that in my head that I never thought about it, so I never Mm. allowed it to be in my world. But... um. I started getting beat, beat out by reality show, you know, talent, which was from American Idol, America's Top Model. You know what I mean? Like it, it would get down to like me and a couple of them and it would be like, we're going to go with, you know, American Ugh. Idol. We're going to go with America's Top Model. You know what I mean?
2: Oh and, my
1: goodness. And, I, and I, I couldn't be mad at it though. And that's the thing that like, you know, you got to stay away from negative people because, you know, they figured out a way and Mm -hmm. and the industry changes every 10 years, you know, technology changes every 10 years and you have to be on top of it. And if you're complaining about reality show people, if you're complaining about, um, social media influencers, well, then you have now become, you remember back in the day when you used to tell your, your mother that you need to stop using that flip phone and get her, you know, (laughs) you know, Phone. My
2: mom still uses that flip phone
1: Okay, so That's <laughs> what I'm saying Like now it's like You have now become that parent Who uses the flip phone If you don't learn how to do social media And you don't learn how to do reality shows And all that or whatever I'm not saying you should do a reality show But you know I'm just saying like You got to go with the times yeah. so you can't be mad at the people who figured it out
2: That's true and sometimes they cast people Specifically because they have a certain amount of followers What are your thoughts on that?
1: I mean, once again, had I jumped on the bandwagon like everybody else, my ass would have a whole bunch of followers, too, and (laughs) I would have been cast. But that's not what happened, you know? I'm old, you know? So, again, I can't be mad at people like that. Either you're going to figure it out, Christy, and do it, or you're not going to work. Right. But the
2: the voiceover world has really been amazing to you, though. I mean, it seems like – I mean, I'm I'm looking at your IMDb, and it's just like all these major – major movies that you've been a part of is just has to be a blessing and 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 you can do this do you do some of the comfort of your own home or do you sometimes have to go to you know during or sometimes you have to go to the studio for that
1: listen listen linda listen (laughs) when that when the when the pandemic hits the one great thing that came out of it is that I get to do it in the comfort of my own home, in my right. pajamas, looking crazy. The fact that I had to put on makeup right now, I was like, wait, what? I, put on I, like, I don't know if this is on camera or if this is this, you know, like audio. Like, uh, yeah, we
2: are a podcast, but we do like to do some video highlights <laughs> and some photos, yeah. of course. Yeah, <laughs> listen, I was like,
1: oh, dang, I got to put on makeup. Like, the fact that I got to do all that now, I'm like, oh, poor Paul. I don't know where Paul is. Paul is just like, he's just trying to get it together. Yeah,
2: Paul, Paul Paul, is a a lost cause right now. He's having technical difficulties.
1: Yeah. I'm like, Paul ain't said nothing this whole damn interview. I
2: know, because he's got some major technical difficulties. But right? Uh, What what do we have coming up next for Christy
1: Um, I have a a couple of things Again I'm I'm working on um, Well you know what To be honest I'm working on rest (laughs) Yes I mean
2: That means you're working hard and you got a lot going on Yeah Us actors when we have project after project after project Sometimes we just really want that damn rest You know
1: you know, the biggest reality for me that I've learned is um, with so many people dying and um, I've lost several family members that just. Oh,
2: yeah. Likewise.
1: Yeah. yeah. And a for- tough two years, three
2: years, Man,
1: three years, three years, because yeah. my my death started in 2019. And so, um, you know, and I, I haven't had any health scares, but I've had some things where I was like, oh, Snap, like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. You know, that I was like, oh, you know, yeah, it's a minor surgery, it's an in and out patient, it's gonna be really quick. But the reality is, is that I could really die on the table. Like complications can happen, you know. You've you've seen people that happen to you. And I guess what it did was it made me go. I've been chasing this business for so long. I never take vacations. Like, yeah, I post on my social, yo, I'm in Paris. Yo, I'm here.
7: Yes, but, um, love it.
1: Yeah. But it's really like, but are you really like enjoying life? Are you really enjoying? Oh, let me go spend some time with my family. Let me check on them before something happens to them because they're getting older. Am I taking care of me? Like, Am I like, all of a sudden, if I'm on my deathbed tomorrow, I'm going to be mad that I'm like, damn, all that working and hustling I did, I didn't go to Egypt. You know what I'm saying? Like, I should have went to Egypt. It was on my bucket list. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, I don't want to be on my deathbed going. Right. I should have did. Would have, could have, should have. You know? I know. Yeah, but you That's, you get it. I know it's right?
2: cliche, but they you know say live life uh, with no regrets and, and YOLO. You only live once. I know Listen. it's very cliche, but it's very true.
1: Well, I'm just now learning that. Yeah, you know? <laughs> right. I'm just learning that. Yep. You know, yeah, I'm just at a place where, um, so so rest is a is a little part of it, like enjoying life a little bit more um and exploring and traveling is like my top priority at this moment. I mean, I've already set up two trips. I'm going to Puerto Rico. I'm taking my mom for her 70th birthday. Um yeah. and then I'm going to Egypt and Morocco and I was yes. like, y'all, which is again very hard for me cuz I'm so used to like I ain't trying to miss no work. <laughs> like, right. like, okay, let's just go for like two days over the weekend. Oh, I know. You know what I'm saying, but it's like you can't go to Egypt for two days. Just, you know, woman. Work on an
4: Egyptian just, film. Right. Yeah, Egyptian film.
1: Exactly. And <laughs> and that's my problem is that when I take these trips, it's got to be some work related in there. You yeah. know. But I'm yeah. like, no, We're not. We're not. Just
2: post post that the uh, selfie at the at the pyramids on your social media. Yes, <laughs> I would <laughs>
1: i will do that That'd be um, <laughs> yeah so yeah so that's the first thing and the second thing is the social conscious um talk show um and just helping people to have more empathy for people um that that are different from them you know what i mean to stop is to stop the hate or the ignorance um,
4: i think that's what we need nowadays and i think um the way of doing that is actually have conversations with people instead of just kind of like just assuming people are one way or another way. You know what I mean?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, very, that, very
4: good.
1: and that's that's again, that's another thing that I, you know, after going through all the stuff, I was like, well, what really makes me happy? You know, um, so I have that I'm uh, executive producing a, another a TV show. And then um, I'm creating a website for actors to help them with their auditions. So yes. yeah. And we then, all
2: need that.
1: Yeah. Is that launched yet? No, but it's gonna be dope. All right. We'll
2: have you back when you're ready to promote that. Cause Yo,
1: you going to love X it. That. You're gonna be like, oh snap. You <laughs> uh, always need
2: that 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 extra help with the with the audition process and then yeah. trying to get booked. So
1: yeah, I promise you it's something is something different that I think is gonna be extremely helpful and people are gonna be like, oh shit. Awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, so I have like, you know, so many things. And of course I'm doing the voiceover world and learning new techniques about voiceover that I wasn't familiar with, even though I've been doing, you know, the one that I was telling you about earlier for 15 years, there's still like 13 other genres of like voiceover that yeah. you don't even know about that you can make money. I was talking about yeah, the
2: people, video game, the video game, in the I mean, yeah, and so video
1: on. games, audio yeah. games, um, yes. Learning. There's commercials. There's uh, radio. Yep. There's, you, there's so many different jobs. So
2: many avenues, no doubt, right.
1: doubt. But let me tell you something. I was talking. I was talking to somebody. I was talking to two different people. One. One girl was like, "Listen, I made. Now, mind you, I live in Hollywood. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a Hollywood. I'm a. I'm, a, I'm an actor. <laughs> you know what I mean? I work. <laughs> And this chick was like, yo, I made uh, $900,000 doing voiceover. And I was like, (laughs) what? What?" And she lived, you know, she lived in like Kansas. You know what I mean? She lives in Kansas. (laughs) Wow, she's not even a Hollywood voiceover. That's what I mean. Like I'm like, okay, what I ain't making no nine hundred thousand dollars on voiceovers. Like I ain't making that type of money. You know what I mean? So um there's li- un- there's unlimited possibilities, and if you yes. get out of your own way and stop thinking one way, I have to be this. I want to be on camera. I want to be a superstar. If you think out of the box you will find other ways of making that same amount of money without even having to go through the drama of being a superstar and doing the whole D- Johnny Depp thing and having all of your business put out in the world. Oh yeah. So, We're talking
2: about that on the show.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: that, it's out there. Yeah,
1: Yeah, exactly. So,
4: they've they've got to make a TV show about that trial. I mean, it's, it's coming. I'm sure.
1: Oh, you already know it's coming. So everybody's starting to do their whole Johnny Depp look and they're going to start posting pictures <laughs> of John, like I look like Johnny. And then these <laughs> things that people are going to be like, oh my God, did you see that dude that was on uh, Instagram? He looked just like Johnny Depp. Oh Call God. him in. And then he's going to be the one to end up getting a role because was right. posting it
2: right there you go wow christy you're amazing thank you so much for talking to us here on below the belt show and also where can where can people see uh, amy victoria
1: Ooh, um right now it's not we're not able to post it um publicly because of the the circuit that we're doing for the uh it's film still festival. the
2: film festival rounds yeah
1: but um but i would say um I'm sure it'll be under you know Amy Victoria when it's when it when it's able to be launched. Okay.
2: Any upcoming festivals that it's going to be in that you're aware of?
1: Yeah, but I I can't think of it at the top. Okay,
2: it. <laughs> that's quite all right.
1: Sometimes awesome. I just be like, okay, tell me where, when, what's the date, where is it? All right, I'm gonna get the ticket and I'll think about it when I need to. You
7: right. Know? Exactly. I'm focus
1: on what's on. Um, like today, I was like, okay, which interview do we have to? today okay is this on camera okay you know what i mean like <laughs> I, I can only think on one day at a time
2: awesome well, Chrissy. uh before we let you go if we could let us uh do a little promo let us know uh who you are uh you could throw out your some of your best accolades passion scrubs what, uh, whatever you'd like and let us know you're on below the belt show below the
1: belt okay. yes say below the
2: belt show below the belt show
1: Hey, I'm Christy Ferris, Scrubs, Passions are, well, those are the older ones. But then I got Craig Ross Jr.'s Monogamy and, and Goliath, both on Amazon Prime. And I am on but no, the below, no, wait, below the belt, not the below the belt. You show. can
2: say that, too.
1: <laughs> I was like, dang it.
2: God, God. You want to try that one more time? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Yo, 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 I'm Christy Ferris. Uh, passions, scrubs are my oldest things that people know. But my newest and current stuff is Craig Ross Jr.'s Monogamy, Goliath, both on Amazon Prime. And you are watching, and I am on, Below the Belt show.
2: Yes, that was perfect. Thank oh, you so much. Below,
1: was the great. Below the belt. I, I love mean, it. Did. Let me do a, a we'll do
2: a photo up. op really quick, all right? Okay. Ready? One, two, and three. Did I thought we did was perfect, Christy.
1: Okay, like, cool. Then keep. Yeah, it. I thought it was great.
2: Yeah, that's second it okay. was fantastic. You know,
1: you know, you know, as actors, you know, we're like, you know, perfectionists. Be like, that's, yeah, that's. I know, right? You see how I kind of messed up the B? I messed up the. B. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, see, that's why
2: lo- I've been loving the uh, self tapes because you can do it like.
1: Oh, 20, I hate self tapes. I like. I know
2: you hate them. I love them because love you can them. you can get your best take to the director instead of being, you know. Having I'm them
4: there. I mean, I'm not gonna do it if I screw up on the self tape. I'm sending the screwed up version. I mean, I'm not doing it more than once. <laughs> Everybody it. has
2: their method that they prefer. <laughs> yeah,
1: I love it. it. That was the best things. That was the best thing that could have ever Happened,
2: happened the so. pandemic.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I started doing them before because I had lived in Atlanta for a little while, so I started doing them in 2014, and I just became a pro at it and just broke right. off a of self tape. See? Yeah. There you go
2: see some for some it's been a uh, it's been a blessing <laughs> yeah, so christy thank you so guys. much thanks. Have a good night
1: a good one paul have a good one thanks yeah. again bye-bye bye
2: all right christy ferris guys actress voiceover talent director wow she's got quite quite a uh, a few accolades going on and she's one of the recurring roles on scrubs so uh pretty cool um, yeah, let's just try to throw out a couple more things before we wrap up, All big right. Paul. Um, let's see. Other movies, what can we expect in movies, guys? All right. Uh let's see. Um which happens to be number four on my list is Woody Harrelson, uh, Shang Chi himself, Simu Liu, uh, Juman Hounsou Hounsu are t- attached to star in a deep sea diving thriller. Uh, it's based on a documentary of the same name called Last Breath. Okay, oh, deep sea diving. I I think that's a new genre. I don't recall many major well, I mean, I mean, blockbuster maybe Abyss. films. Abyss. Do you recall maybe. one? Abyss. Abyss was that about deep sea diving? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, Abyss has been. It's been a minute, right? This is I mean, a while. Like, is. Like, I think it was eighty nine or ninety, but I mean, <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> right. I think it's time for, uh, they can revisit the deep sea diving again So, um, One of my favorites is Kate Beckinsale uh, She's set the star in an action spy thriller called Canary Black Where she plays a That's top a canary. Player. Yeah, I mean it's like the reverse of Black Canary I know, I know, right? Is DC going to get on them for that? <laughs> a top level CIA agent, Avery Graves Who's blackmailed by terrorists into portraying her own country to save her kidnapped husband. Okay. Something to check out. Um, so, this, this is a very interesting plot line, number six on my list for the movies Boy Kills World, uh, starring Bill Scarsgard, Michelle Dockery from Downton Abbey fame, and Jessica Roth. And basically, it's a dystopian fever dream action film where a deaf mute uh, has this vibrant imagination. So, when his family is murdered, he is trained by a mysterious shaman To repress his childhood imagination And become an instrument of death Whoa, dude <laughs> That sounds pretty dark, man um, uh, A great actor named Brett Gellman Who you know from Fleabag and Stranger Things Is attached uh, Yeah, quite quite the cast uh, up That's a part of this one Famke Jansen Remember her from the X-Men movies Is in it as well um, So look out for that one uh, Michael Keaton will be Directing and starring in a movie called Knox Goes Away. Wow, doing double duty in this noir thriller. Um, basically, uh, it's a story of a contract killer who is diagnosed with um, a form of dementia, and is oh. presented with an opportunity to redeem himself by saving his saving the life of his his estranged son. But to do so, he must race against the police closing in on him. Wow, um, that that seems a lot to to do if you have yeah. dementia <laughs> if you have dementia i mean are you how can you how can you uh <laughs> out, outrun the police you know <laughs> like which way did i go you know uh are they this you way run for president. <laughs> you can run for president <laughs> that's getting political there <laughs> that was funny so one of my favorite movies two of my favorite actors anna kendrick and um Blake Lively, they're going to reprise their roles in Paul Feig's, um A Simple Favor too. Okay. Um, uh Yeah, I I thought the first film, you know, Paul Feig should stay far away from the Ghostbusters franchise. He yeah, kind he of can't really
4: re- go anywhere. Oh, no, he wants to do another Ghostbusters movie. No, thank you. I, I think I'll pass
2: on that one too. I'll pass big time, but dude, A Simple Favor was really good. Really, really good, and I'm, I'm looking forward to see what they can do in a sequel, so I, I was kind of excited to hear that one um another big film is called tunnels with anna faris alicia silverstone uh susan sarandon that's a pretty much all-star cast right there uh basically it's all about uh um an unlikely friendship in a wake of an unthinkable tragedy so um sarandon susan sarandon's character is a woman whose grandson becomes a school shooter whoa Man, that's a lot of dark movies coming up, you know, just things that are just like, you know, <laughs> definitely. Uh, I mean, you know, those movies tend to do really well, you know, Um, and, and you know, Marvel, we just talked about earlier, it went really dark with all right. with, with that whole group getting decimated by by Scarlet Witch. I mean, that was just yeah. r- ridiculous. And, uh, you know, I mean, you know, I wanted to see that humans humans uh, hit their end. I mean, it's like that was a little harsh yeah it was it was really harsh to see black bolt in that situation no doubt all right let's move on to uh, uh, uh some apple stuff apple tv plus um we mentioned game of thrones a little earlier Maisie williams who's aria stark has a new uh series on apple called the new look uh, also stars ben mendelson and juliet binoche and is set against the world war ii nazi occupation of paris interesting it's another dark series yes when coco chanel's uh reigns as the world's most famous fashion designer uh and christian dior mendelssohn rises uh helping return spirit and life to the world so basically in a very dark time during nazi world war ii occupation they're trying to to i guess um start a a fashion empire which is kind of crazy during world war ii that that even back then they were yeah. they were thinking of uh fashion so <laughs> yeah i don't know it's like the, if the world's off. on fire are we are we thinking about what chanel bag we're, we're gonna uh... <laughs> um also on apple uh, i think we're talking about the show manhunt because it's all about the assassination of john wilkes booth um during uh you know doing the, the lincoln era um
4: no, he's actually a good actor most people don't realize that
2: The president
4: is one of the greatest actors of all time. And he was like
2: up there with him. Are we talking about the Abraham Lincoln, our former president?
4: No, I'm talking about John Wilkes. Oh, John Wilkes. John John Wilkes 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 and his brother, the most famous actors of their time would be like Tom Cruise shooting Donald Trump. That's what it was like. Most (laughs) people don't realize that.
2: Yeah. So it's Hamish Linklater from midnight mass, Lily Taylor. Uh, They've been cast. uh, Hamish Linklater has been uh, cast as Abraham Lincoln. And Lily Taylor has been cast as Mary Todd Lincoln. So uh Patton Oswald has joined the cast. Um yeah, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty decent cast. Um Doctor Who, definitely um, you know, staying on the the Wok train. Um, you know, which is fine in some re- regards. I mean, obviously they had the first woman doctor. Now we're gonna have the first black doctor. Uh it's uh Nikari Gatwa. Uh, and uh he is in the he's best known for his work in sex education okay. i've never gotten into the doctor who uh universe have you ever gotten into like doctor the, when they rebooted it was good for like maybe the first three
4: doctors and then started going downhill a little bit
2: it started going downhill for you yeah i think he may even be one of the youngest doctors every he cast. he's only he's only 29 years old you know and uh i feel like the doctors need to be a little more Seasoned, well, well, they could
4: be like most of them were old guys before now they they started getting with younger and younger people
2: yeah, yeah, well they, you know Matt Smith was a younger guy, then they went back to older and then the, and then now Jody link uh the first woman doctor um you know yeah, so it's interesting I mean this is all over the place you know with with uh with the casting, but you know, it could th- be a refreshing Just
4: rebooted back to like what was it the doc eleventh doctor was the one of the people liked the most they should have just went back to him.
2: Yeah, it's the thing. I mean, a, a lot of the doctors, are like the, they like to switch it up because that's the nature of the beast, you know, because, you, you know, it's a...
4: Well, it wasn't before. It was just until the, the actors got too old or couldn't do it anymore. It that's why they were switching them, but...
2: Yeah, but now it's like, yeah, yeah because the of the whole dude. time travel, they can be other people, you know? I don't know. It's kind of crazy. Um, speaking of woke, uh, I know Chachi McFly has expressed this on the show before. Number 16 of my list is Saved by the Bell. The reboot will not be back for a third season. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, it, it honestly it was a little too woke for my taste because and, and you know I, I'm I'd like to consider myself pretty moderate in, in the accepting of things and in diversity, but uh, yeah, it, it went it, it went to, thing. it actually had a point to to kind of throw that into into the the focus of that show and it really took away from you know what you know was a fun show you know yeah. back then you know in the nineties you know yeah you're right yeah. So, we don't need to go in the uh the aspects of why why that show went a little over the top, but it we've mentioned it on the show before I don't think we need to repeat it
4: a, uh, I mean they brought well, the a key is if you go too woke, you go broke i mean like I'm all for diversity I'm hundred percent for diversity, but if it's forced, you know it's forced, and it just seems awful
2: yeah yeah i mean i i i you know as an ethnic person myself, I have to agree with you, and I think. It really is is, is is it was pandering the saved by the bell show was pandering for that and it just didn't and there you go two seasons and it's already done so
4: uh let's yeah number 17 number 17 like sorry it was like a natural progression or natural part of the storyline people might go for it but it's like if you force shoehorn something in there people don't want to see it look at good paul feig's ghostbusters
2: yeah the all-female ghostbusters is a, is a prime example of that for sure uh well and of course the the major reason is that the original cast were demoted to they, tiny they cameos like, yeah exactly I don't, so don't that...
4: worry out the window and be like yeah he's dead right <laughs> it yeah it was just sorry Although they might do it now because apparently he's canceled from what i hear but
2: Yeah, Bill Murray got in a little bit of trouble Yeah, we mentioned that on the show last week I have some new celebrities on that list So we're going to get that shortly Uh, Number 17 on my list is Saturday Night Live host uh, uh, Last week was Benedict Cumberbatch Doctor Strange himself So it was kind of cool to see uh, you know, Obviously promoting his big movie, right? But, uh, you know, he kind of got a little political With the the voiceover and text scroll uh, In reference to the Supreme Court Justice the citation of the writings of British judge Matthew Hale in references to the 13th century laws offering justification for curbing rights protected for half a century by the uh, 1973 Roe versus Wade decision. Um, so, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I you know, I don't, don't want to get into this topic, but uh,
4: I mean, I, I know it's that's just a, a hardcore hard topic, but the way you have to view it is like each, it's each individual state's rights. And as I said, it's, it should be only used rarely and uh, not like if the mother's in danger, the kid's in danger, or, or maybe in an instance
2: of rape. I mean, it's like... Uh, that's how you feel, right? So the, yeah, the, the my it, body, it was, my choice, the, does that... Does I that, mean, uh, well, the thing is, what got me is when you start having TikTok
4: videos of girls comparing to how many times they got ab- abortions, it's like, that's too much. I yeah. mean, you need you need to put the stop straight, that. the
2: straight of bragging about it on TikTok. It's kind
4: yeah, of deplorable. About TikTok, I think somebody bragged about it in one of the award shows. I think it was like was that was it Emmys or Oscars? Somebody was bragging about their abortions. It's like, oh god, not, yeah, really? it's, it's not something that's it's not a it's not a badge of honor. It's a badge of hey, uh, it's just not right.
2: Yeah, that. I mean, that, that should be something very, kept very personal. Yeah, I mean, and and, and uh, you, if you're gloating about something it, it, like it, that, it's, yeah, it, it, it is kind of in really bad taste. I personally am pro-choice, um, but, uh, you know, I mean, uh, but, sure, but well, actually wearing it, it as a bad, it, badge of it, honor, like you were saying, is very deplorable. Uh, Absolutely.
4: But that's, why, that's why something had to be done. I mean, I think if people weren't doing that kind of stuff, I think maybe it would have stayed the same. But I think people are looking at that and it's like, it's getting too far. California yeah. tried to put a pull through where you could kill the baby within after it's born. It's like, you can't do that kind of stuff. I mean, I don't care if you don't like what some States are doing. That's ever stepping bound.
2: Oh God. Yeah. No, in that, that case, that's just,
4: I mean, yeah. I don't think it passed, but I mean, they still tried to get it to pass. It's like, how can you even put something like that out there?
2: Yeah, that that's again, we don't want to get into that one, and but yeah, I, but I mean, it's just, it, yeah, that... it is getting out there, yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's move on on that point. But uh, on SNL on May 14th, you're gonna see Selena Gomez and rapper Post Malone as a musical guest. So that's something to look forward to. Um, if you're a fan of Hillary Duff, she uh, went all nude on the cover of Women's Health. I gotta admit, Hillary Duff is looking smoking on this cover, dude. You gotta check it out. The Body Issue. Of women's health um completely nude side profile implied you know covering her boobs and side profile so you don't see the naughty bits but uh her body looks is fantastic that sports Illustrated, is that the new sports Illustrated one issue uh I, that it seems to be because you know okay. what we can see beautiful women on women's health right uh, if you go to Sports <laughs> Illustrated, you're going to see plus-size women, <laughs> if you <laughs> like plus-size women, which not every guy loves. But I, I get it. Some guys do like the thicker women. But, yes, Sports Illustrated has gone to accept all different body types, and it hasn't been the same. Uh, but if you want to see. <laughs> been the same since I had Bruce Jenner in a bikini. <laughs> oh, please. All right. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, I mean, I don't really have much on the amber uh, heard Johnny Depp trial um because I mean, they kind of took a hiatus this week. I
4: but... have to wonder about that because I mean it's... <laughs>
2: comedy. this is number nineteen on my list, but uh, Amber repeatedly broke down into sobs uh, on Thursday, testifying, choking up while describing how intoxicated um Johnny was sexually assaulting her with a glass bottle. Can you believe that? Pushed her throat against the table so hard it collapsed, and screamed in a rage that he was going to kill her. Um, wow, this is pretty powerful stuff that she's describing, and, and I gotta admit, very credible in her, her testimony, you know. Um, the thing is,
4: the problem is she got caught lying more than once, so it's like I don't know if I could believe her.
2: It's a really crazy situation. So it's, it's, it's make
4: it look like you're beat up, and if you like feel your nanny's story or whatever, it's like not nanny or housekeeper story it's like i don't know if i have any credibility for you even if it happened it's like you just completely ruined your own credibility
2: yeah it's kind of crazy man i don't know i mean the liquor bottle story is really really deplorable uh amber also I mean, that said in her song, time, i mean as i said if it
4: happened that's disgusting and as i said maybe he deserves to be punished for that but right
2: she also but said but her lying said, about it yeah i mean that's the thing we don't know if she's lying. you know she also said that uh, Johnny Depp had taken eight to ten pills of MDMA and other drugs over a few days, sending him into sustained violent rages. So the defense is very strong on on pushing Depp's drug addiction, and they want that to be the kind of focus of uh, of the I, trial.
4: Addict? I knew he was an alcoholic. I don't know if he's a
2: well, addict. you know, he, he he admitted to using cocaine with Marilyn Manson and and Vision paul bettany i'm sure dude i'm sure paul bettany's are so pissed that that conversation he's got to be really pissed off about that i mean i I can't imagine him being thrilled about that but uh
4: Franco and uh elon musk at dragon's that too it's like that's kind (laughs) of
2: yeah amber's got an interesting uh, taste in guys i mean (laughs) it's pretty interesting Another one uh, moment was when Amber described an attack when Depp used her used a knee to pin her on the bed. She said, I don't remember the pain. I just remember Johnny's voice over and over. I fucking hate you. I fucking hate you. I fucking hate you. Wow. So very, very powerful stuff. And uh, yeah, I mean.
4: happy be married.
2: Yeah, I just, <laughs> it's crazy. Now, uh, you had mentioned, alluded to Bill Murray a little earlier, and this is number 20 on my list me too news and now it's uh no time to die the bond movie director carrie fukunaga apparently a- accused of inappropriate sexual advances by at least three young actresses that he worked with isn't that crazy um He's been around for a long time hasn't he he like, has he has i mean has. i remember mean, never, um, never
4: met, like different tv shows and all over the place carrie
2: fukunaga yeah um so Let's see. Rachel Weinberg from HBO's Betty last week accused them of taking advantage uh, of in their two decades, you know, 20 year difference. Uh, apparently pressured her into a romantic relationship right after she turned 18. They became fully intimate and, and several years later she had broken it off. But uh, also Fukunaga's accused of... Um, trying to get a threesome with these two twin actresses named hannah and kaylin loesch of netflix maniac apparently um yeah he requested for threesomes multiple times he he grabbed kaylin and pulled her on top of him and hannah right there and apparently the twins refused to have sex with him, and and they you know tried to get them to do molly and acid at the house um well, wow, this is a, uh, this is the uh, yeah, I think that, that one sounds more uh,
4: I don't know, that
2: sounds worse than Bill Murray to be honest. It you, <laughs> Bill Murray was just, I believe just uh sexual innuendo or maybe just just a, a comment or touching the leg. This is just yeah, this is straight up. Yeah, that's, that's a step above, I think. This is definitely definitely a step above. So, in addition to him, can you believe um Fred Savage from the Wonder Years. Somebody told me that, and I was like, I, I don't believe that one. Yeah, so he's been fired as executive producer and director of of the Wonder Years reboot, which, if I can say, because we're talking about diversity, I think that's fine. They, they decided to do another Wonder Years. They called it the same name, but in, uh, instead it was focused on a black family, and that's, that's completely fine. No
4: problem with that because that's, yeah. that's, that's not that's
2: not like forced. Ma- it's not yeah, and 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 you know he was producing that show. But that's not what we're got, about to talk about. So basically, Fred Savage apparently had inappropriate conduct with uh, some of the, um, I guess, staff members uh, on the show. Um, now, apparently, there's no specifics about the allegations, but um, on set, yeah, see, without
4: were... the specifics, it's like I, I mean, I don't buy that. I mean, because people say stuff. I mean, people jerk around. Yeah, about stuff. true. I've even done it and got in trouble a couple times on set, but I mean, it's just it's just joking. I mean, it's like you, have you gotten
2: in trouble for a comment on set before? Yeah. Yeah. I, can you allude to it here on BTV? I was
4: on good Lord bird. And apparently like, uh, me and the prostitutes were jerking around and I, was, I said some stuff that kind of, but they were saying stuff back. So we went back and forth. Between so actresses stuff. that
2: were playing prostitutes, you probably made a joke like, Oh, how much and stuff like that.
4: No, I had a, well, the thing is I had like a wheelbarrow of wood. And if that gives you any ideas, I mean, I said, hey, I have wood, and it's just
2: kind of... Oh, gosh, so the dirty jokes. Yeah, that's a thing. Even comedy, even jokes, you got to be on eggshells now. And if you say... Uh, a, yeah, I didn't something... mean anything by it. it I know, but you, a, just, your, your okay, intent I'm was upset. humor, right? Your intent was humor, right? Mm-hmm. And it, and it kind of was taken in a weird way. But so and, in the uh, case I've of...
4: That, I mean, the casting director called me up and apologized and everything. So it's like... Okay. It's, so it's not like... It's just, as I said, just
2: bad jokes. Yeah, and it does happen I'm joking around but, with people Yeah, but the thing was of uh, Fred Savage He was fired as executive producer and director of of the reboot of uh, Wonder Years He's a good director, and too Yeah, yeah, he, was, he also directed some episode, I believe Yeah, yep, he did And recently they were made of, uh, aware of the allegations And as policy investigation was launched And the decision was made to terminate his employment So um, but sometimes, like you said, if you lie about uh, harassment, then it's gonna come back and bite you in the ass. You
4: know, I'm as I said, like you have to be honest, and as I said, if it's just a joke, mm-hmm. you have to explain it to the people yeah. and say you
2: hey, so, know anything about it. I didn't Yeah. So Mario Batali, food network star, found not guilty of groping a woman in a Boston restaurant. They concluded that after their investigation that Natalie Has uh okay. test. Yeah, when she testified it wasn't uh credible enough. Um, apparently she claims that she felt confused and powerless um uh when the celebrity chef allegedly groped her. And apparently they had evidence that the woman was still continuing to go to that restaurant. You know, yeah, and I mean, it just it I mean, didn't like make sense. Great. Like if she was groped and yeah, felt yeah, uncomfortable. if she,
4: if she just felt bad she wouldn't go back to that restaurant. And the right. other thing is Like, that costs a lot of money, too. I mean, I hope he's... I don't know well You can't sue somebody who doesn't have a lot of money. So it's like, how does that work? It ruined his career.
2: Yeah, it ruined his career. But maybe this not guilty. Getting acquitted would help. But, um, you know, the cross-examination, you know, they kind of uh, came to a conclusion that, you know, that countered um, the woman's claim. And they had, you know, again, receipts that she was there afterwards. Um, I guess they saw the selfies. The selfies didn't show anything that...
4: I don't know. That's, that's like a money thing to me. If that if that's the case, where like she keep, she went back, if she if she had something happen, she would never go back.
0: Yeah.
2: And before we give the end of show with the the rest in peace uh, condolences and the birthdays, I haven't I haven't caught up in WWE. I've been very very busy. Uh, Darth yeah. Paul, how was WrestleMania backlash? Any particular highlights from the pay per view? Um,
4: Cody Rhodes match. With Seth Rollins was awesome. I mean, they they kept going back and forth, and also the main event should have been the Ra- Rousey uh, Charlotte match, but for some reason that was in the middle of the thing. But I mean, it was that was a great wow?
2: Match. Yeah. So was the main event the Cody Rhodes uh, Seth Rollins match? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. That, I don't, I don't, no, that wasn't the
4: main event, but I mean, the main event was a six. The six tag. man
2: tag was the main event, wasn't it?
4: Yeah. And yeah. that sucks. I mean, it was okay, but it wasn't as good as the other two matches.
2: Yeah. So the only really eventful thing that came out of it was uh, Ronda Rousey winning the winning the Raw Women's Championship.
4: I mean, and, and something's happening. What what's going on with the uh, Roman Reigns? I heard he's taking yeah. Some time. So
2: that th- that's the latest I read too that he's taking some time off from the WWE. But how do you do that when you're WWE and Universal Champion? How do you how do you take time off?
4: I mean, what they could do is take one of the belts off. him. I mean, I think if I was in charge of the WWE, here's what I would do. I would have like maybe even a third belt the combined championships so i had the champion from raw have one had the champion from smackdown have one and for wrestlemania i champion, know
2: the- you're you're mentioning that super bowl yeah, that type thing
4: yeah kind of like the a-
2: problem with that they do that at survivor series every year
4: But they could still do it with wrestlemania <laughs> wrestlemania is supposed to be like a super bowl wrestling stuff so like that
2: yeah fun. that kind of has that super bowl uh um, mm-hmm. Feel to it when when you do that. But I
4: mean, that's, that's an easy way of doing it because I mean, that way you could have somebody who's known as the undisputed champion, but still has like the Raw belt or SmackDown belt. And
2: right. Yeah. No, that totally I mean,
4: makes sense. If they lose both belts, it's like it doesn't matter. They're still on record as having the undisputed championship.
2: Yeah. Very good. Well, I'm glad, you, I, I'm for a while, glad so. you caught me up to speed on that. Um, But uh, yeah let's close out the show man Uh, Some rest in peace Um, um, Condolences go out to Mike Haggerty character actor From the HBO's Dramedy Somebody Somewhere Um, Sadly had passed away He was on uh, Friends Where he played Mr. Traqueer the superintendent Of the apartment complex Of where the cast lived and the Friends Um also Kang Soo-young, Korean actor, star of the 80s and 90s film and TV. We also lost James Olson, a uh, versatile stage and screen actor from the 1970s, pretty much the star of every 1970s show you can think of. Gunsmoke, Bonanza, Kung Fu, every, Wonder Woman,
4: damn, he Hawaii 5
2: um, you name it. Uh, Jack Keller, best known as the dude and Jeff Bridges' Landlord in The Big Lebowski. That's a sad one. Uh, died of complications from leukemia, sadly. Kenneth Welsh, Canadian actor who appeared in over 240 movies and TV shows. The Aviator, Day After Tomorrow, Twin Peaks, had died at uh, the age of 80. Mickey Gilly, country singer-songwriter who crossed over to the mainstream, known for 1980s Urban Cowboy, who passed away. And uh, another comic book legend. Go ahead. I could have sworn he had, like, a
4: famous restaurant that was haunted or something.
2: Mickey Gilly. Did he? Did he? Mickey Gilly had a... a,
4: Like, one of the haunted, like, haunted shows or something like that. His, like, restaurant's, like, really haunted or something. I don't
2: know. Um, Yeah, I wasn't aware of that. But uh, apparently he's he's a legend. And uh, uh, he was living in Branson, Missouri when he passed away. And last but not least, uh, another comic book legend. Last week we were talking about Neil Adams this week it's george perez he's a a legend in dc comics he uh penciled the the iconic uh crisis on infinite earths comic book if you recall uh which was a very very um you know just very iconic comic book storyline which is yeah and uh he had been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and sadly he had passed away as well and um yeah that's all i have man um Do I have any celebrity birthdays? All right, so celebrating a birthday on Wednesday, May 11th. All right, includes anybody worth mentioning? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) dang, Those poor people. I don't know. I don't think I have anybody. (laughs) I don't recognize any. Hold on, it's right here. Okay. (laughs) Celebrating a birthday today on Wednesday, May 11th, of course, includes um, Frances Fisher from Titanic Resurrection. She's 70 today. Martha Quinn from MTV, um, one of the original VJs, is 63. Um, Jeffrey Donovan from Fargo is 54. He's
4: a pretty good actor.
2: He's a good actor, yeah. Nikki Cat from Boston Public's 51. Kobe Bell from Third Watch is 47. And uh, I have not heard of any of these other names on the list. (laughs) So, nonetheless, happy birthday to those mentioned. All right, guys. All right. Wow. What an incredible show. We'd like to thank, of course, our amazing panel, the King of the 80s Chachi McFly and actor Dan Franco from earlier in the program. We'd like to also thank Paul Darth Wallace. That's right. The Sith Lord. And thank you so much to the one and only Christy Paris as well. Um, Closing out tonight's show, we have another uh, amazing pre-recorded interview with actor Julian Fetter. is in this new movie escape the field that you can catch on demand right now it's literally an escape room in a cornfield uh lots of twists and turns and problem solving and puzzles uh very very cool film we talked to julian fetter who plays ethan and uh we're gonna we're gonna end tonight with that interview so on behalf of everybody on the panel we will see you guys next week until then Peace. all right guys special interview time here on below the belt show we have an amazing actor julian fetter who's in this incredible thriller mystery just wild and crazy film called escape the Fields. uh julian good to have you here on btv hi great
8: and thank you so much for having me
2: absolutely uh i gotta say i i i, I enjoyed that film immensely it reminded. I mean, it, I, I love the aspect of escape rooms, and it, it kind of gave me that escape room um, vibe, but in a real world setting and a cornfield maze, yeah. <laughs> which added the extra scary factor. But everything uh, seemed uh, like it was dependent on on certain situations and clues getting solved, and and, and teamwork really, because initially the whole. Um, Everyone in in the original six group um, had to play an integral part. Um, some better than others, of course. <laughs> um, but uh, I definitely really really enjoyed the film. Tell us, uh, I guess, uh, how you got involved with the film. If you could start with that,
8: yeah. And the audition process. Yeah, sure. So you know, um, I um, I got I got called one day, uh, saying you know you have an audition for this part, and, and you know you just kind of go through the steps, you get an audition. Uh, callback, callback, producer, director—you know—got down the line, um, got the part, um, and then yeah, yeah. I mean, a few months later, um, you know, we we started filming. So yeah, I mean, it was it was a, you know pretty quick process. Um, yeah, we we filmed the movie in Canada, which was which is really cool. We filmed it during like during all of COVID and stuff, which had some uh, added difficulties, but it was you know all in all it was a it was a great experience. What area in Canada? But, um, I'm not with this. We, we, okay, it was in this town called Caledon, which I think is outside of Toronto, but it's been a while, so I've kind of um, yeah. I'm a bit, I'm a bit, I'm a bit foggy. It
2: was a little, a little tough to pinpoint um, um where, where the shooting location was. So, uh, I guess the majority was in that cornfield. I guess nothing on a soundstage.
8: No, that that's what was incredible about this. You know, um, in my previous movies, um, I've, um, you know, we've always multiple locations. Okay. um we had lots of locations this one was a single location which was really nice because you know it, it allowed for something that i would never really done before which was sort of a more sort of like continual flow uh to, to a movie And sorry what i mean by that is generally when you know you film a movie you uh you, you don't film the scenes in order because it's very dependent on sort of like which location is available when but because it was a single location we were really able to sort of follow the story, which really helped a, a lot with the acting because it sort of it allowed you to sort of progress with the emotions and the intensity in a sort of more uh, you know in a more natural way versus you know just filming one scene from one moment in time to then going back you know to before all moving it all around. So it was really it was it was awesome. I mean that that cornfield was ginormous. Yeah. And I mean <laughs> I don't it know was if the effects were used to make it look vast and and, and no no, I mean, it, I mean, I think they amped it up a little bit, but I mean, it really was huge. I mean, it was like acres upon acres of just cornfield. Um, and And yeah, I mean, that was, I mean, that's another thing, right? Like, you know, filming filming in this cornfield you know i mean it it was you know the stalks were huge you couldn't see you couldn't see the world around you so you really wore like when you were filming when you were in the cornfield you felt like you were in this world and i think that you know that once again you know reverses you know filming on a soundstage where like you know there's like half of a set and then like you know the kind of like a giant wall or fan or whatever this you were like 360 you know you were in it which was really amazing
2: very very cool all right, well, let's talk about uh, working with some of the cast. I mean, the ph- phenomenal names like Theo Rossi, Jordan Claire Robbins, Shane West, Elena
8: Watko. Um, okay, uh, just to name a name of you. How was your interactions uh, with working with that cast? Yeah, it was really great. You know, I mean, we all got along. And I think, you know, one of the really cool things was that, you know, our experience, like it, it was it was really interesting relationship because, you know, I mean, as um, sort of, you know, cast. You know, you know, sort of the, the the theme of the movie is, right, you know, these 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 characters, they get thrown into this sort of unknown environment and right. they have to all work together, you know, in order to survive, which I think is very similar to to, to to our actual relationship. You know, we're all strangers. We all get kind of thrown on this movie set together, not knowing each other. And we have to kind of quickly form bonds in order to, you know, kind of get through the, you know, get through the filming process. And kind of, it was really cool, you know I mean? Because, you know, in the movie, we're all kind of helping each other and supporting each other, but also outside you know i mean during filming you know, everyone everyone was really supportive and it was really i mean it was a really great super friendly cast yeah interesting because you're six strangers
2: but then uh you're also saying that you you met the cast for the, you know the first time shooting yeah you worked on other thing, anything else prior so kind of had that same uh it was I the guess, same vibe cool yeah same vibe mm-hmm. right yeah that's really really cool um, did did uh, I mean I, I mean Theo's a legend. Um, you know he's been doing so much amazing work. Shane, um, were any of these actors? Uh, I don't. know, Did they offer any advice?
8: Um, be, being veteran actors, that is. Uh, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, right? I mean you know I think. Um... Every time you work with, you know, a new actor who has, you know, a lot of experience, you know, it's always, it's always, it's always great. You know, it's always a great learning experience because, you know, I mean, whether, whether or not they're giving you advice, you you always just pick up on little things that they do, you know? And I think sort of like, you know, just kind of, even like, you know, even though I've done, you know, eight movies, you know, just picking up on like, you know, how you interact with sets, et cetera, I don't know, just, you know, everything there. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're true pros. Awesome. Let's talk a little bit about your character, Ethan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ethan,
2: on um, Gathering, is um, in boarding school because you had alluded to um, your mother had uh, passed away and, and your father had left you in a boarding school. And, and and all of a sudden, that's how you're transported into this crazy cornfield?
8: Yeah, so um, my character, um, you one of the great things about this movie is you know while you have all this sort of psychological horror stuff going around you you know that also does give you moments to really explore your character and so which I think you know adds the connection that the audience feels for for you and so what's great is you know i I did you know get to explore my character and sort of express you know give a little bit of background on myself and yes I mean um, I was I was at a boarding school. Um, You know, I was at this fancy East Coast boarding school, but, you know, I had a very sort of troubled past. My mother died when I was young, strange relationship with my father. And I think, you know, at that boarding school, you know, I think my character, Ethan, he felt a true sense of sort of abandonment, loneliness, seclusion. Um, And I think that I think that all of those emotions that he'd kind of been bottled up for for years really kind of exploded when he really was kind of thrown into this environment where he was truly alone, uh, truly confined, and not able to escape. And I think it all just sort of spilled out. And I think, you know, it was really great because this movie, they gave you, it gave you those moments to be able to explore the more human side of the character, not just, you know, all the, you know, horror aspects. Yeah, that's really, really important to get that backstory. And
2: then it seems like everyone had a very different backstory when they mm-hmm. mysteriously, magically appeared in this uh, cornfield. And um, yeah, so it's a, you are one of the six uh, strangers that just mysteriously appears in this cornfield um, with five of the six of you with uh, a specific object. And um, I guess yeah, it's, it's all about figuring out how to use this object to escape uh, the the maze or, or you know the, the environment that you're in, which I think is just brilliant. I, I love I love the plot. I love how it really keeps you on your toes. And when I'm watching it, I'm just trying to, you know, figure out the clues, you know, on my own, you know, um, right. who would you say of the six of you is a VIP, like uh, the leader? Oh, you know.
7: Of the six of us.
8: I would say, Sam. Know, but. I, yeah, you know, I mean, I think. Um, I, I, I guess, yeah, I guess it's Sam, you know, I think. I think like each character kind of plays like a different, a bit of a different role and, you know, everyone sort of, you know, like I think one of the great things about this movie is it's kind of constantly keeping you on your toes about like, you know, what are the roles of the different characters? I mean, at the beginning you kind of, you think that, you know, maybe it was one of them who, who put, who put us in the cornfield. So it's always kind of keeping you on your feet about, you know, kind of like, you know, like who is who, you know, who, like, right. what is these person, this, you know, the person next to me's real intention. Um, and I think for my character, you know, the real leader um, was, was Shane for, for me personally. You know, I think I was kind of like, I, I, with my, there's like, because within each group, were sort of within the broader group, there are all these kind of micro groups, like, you know, the people who kind of met each other first, uh, they kind of formed their own groups. And I think for for, for my little group, which had uh, Elena, it was Elena, Shane, and myself, uh, Shane was kind of the leader for us. Okay. Makes a lot of sense. Wow. Um, so, uh, ah,
2: geez, gosh, I, I try to form these questions without, because uh, I don't want to spoil anything. But uh, um, so, yeah, so, so I guess getting to the end, uh, I'm trying to word this in a, uh, a proper way, um, they allude to a phase two. I guess that could So, the phase two, uh, could that mean a sequel, perhaps?
8: Yeah, I, potentially. Um, you know, I don't I don't I don't really know. Like there could be a sequel. Um and I think that, you know, it would be interesting just to see kind of where the story goes from here because I mean you do kind of get left on you, you know, it's pretty uncertain, you know, where the mood leaves you off in a kind of, you know, like you still don't really know what exactly like who 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 put who who left them, who put them in the cornfield. Yeah, I guess I we could
2: mention that. I guess you, since you mentioned it, yeah, I guess uh, the mystery is still uh, is still there.
8: Yeah, I mean it, it is.
2: Yeah, which could could want the, the audience wanting more and 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 getting some some closure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, okay, good. I'm glad you said because <laughs> I, I was uh, I was thinking that myself. You know, um, you know, we, we want answers as, as audiences, but we're just so kept on our toes. Yeah, uh, guys are going Marvel style with a post-credit scene as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
8: what was the decision to do uh, the post credit scene? What, what what went behind that scene? Oh, you know, i I don't personally know. Um, I think that, but I mean, I'm I'm guessing. You know, it was just all sort of a, you know, kind of wanting you know the audience to just feel even more uncertain. You know, about the whole their whole sort of experience. You know, being even more like un- unsure about you know. The environment, the, the the you know the characters, the intentions, you know who is behind this all thing. I think it was all just to sort of add to that mystery, that sense of mystery.
2: Right, right. Um, what else? Um, so you uh, I'm seeing that Emerson Moore is the writer, director, and producer. So he wore many hats uh, for this film. Uh, how was your, um, how was your experience working with him and being directed by him?
8: yeah you know Emerson is very passionate about uh horror films he um before we filmed the movie he had me watch a number of horror films which seriously disturbed me uh so yeah um but I mean yeah I mean it was it was a good experience um working and I mean he definitely did have a lot of passion for the horror genre wow Jesus
2: this is some powerful powerful stuff man it's just Again, a movie that can keep me on my toes and can keep me glued. And you guys did a phenomenal job. Just really, really, really knocked it out of the park, man. Um, <laughs> well, out of curiosity, because he um, Emerson had suggested you watch horror movies, what horror movies were there? Did he ask you to watch? And do you feel that they were influences on your character or anything involved with this film?
8: Um, yeah, so I think... Um... I'm trying. I'm trying to. Try, I'm trying to remember. Um, I think maybe there's the one called The Witch. I think I'm. I'm kind of blurry on all the titles of them because uh, I definitely after I watched them, I tried to forget yep. them. <laughs> <laughs> Joy. Pardon. The Witch with I- Amity and Joy by any chance. I know it's about a goat. I know there's a really okay. creepy goat in it. Okay. Okay. So there's some movie. There's a movie about it with a goat that really is freaky and pilgrims. <laughs> And if you want to be seriously disturbed then you should, you should watch it. But um but yes, yeah, so I remember that. And I mean yeah, I know I know Emerson like he, he did I, I'm sorry, I'm just kind of blanking on the titles of the movies, but I mean there were, you know, he kind of had this he had this kind of vision for the movie and it was oh, uh, the cube, I think maybe it was one of them. Um these these kind of similar that like these strangers get trapped in a cube. Um, and I think there anyway, there were these movies that he kind of had this sort of vision this feel that he wanted to sort of portray. Um, and, um, and yeah, I mean, I think, you know, he did have this sort of whole roadmap and I think, you know, giving like, I think myself and I think the other actors, these sort of, you know, guide points for elements, you know, he kind of told us what elements he liked from these different movies that we viewed, uh, was very helpful and, you know, understanding our characters, understanding what it was going to be like and, you know, what the feel of the movie, what he wanted the feel of the movie to be. Wow. Um, I'm reading here, um. Select theaters and on-demand
2: uh, Netflix, uh, which is today. uh, yeah. uh And um, some of the cities that will feature the film is New York, Los Angeles, and other key cities nationwide. Um, uh, have, has there been a red carpet premiere yet? And if so, how was that
8: experience for you? No, there uh, there there wasn't. I think you know because of. Uh, uh, the movie was shot during COVID, so I think that you know there was no there was no like formal, formal premiere or anything of that sort. Right, right, right. Okay, uh, fair enough. I
2: mean, I'm sure that everyone would have wanted that to happen. As uh, mm-hmm. I guess we are still currently sadly in a pandemic, and a lot of the in person things haven't been happening. But uh, yeah, wow. But uh, again, wow, phenomenal film, and of course it's by Lionsgate and. Um, Yeah, you can check out the official uh, website through the lionsgate.com official website, uh, the Instagram at escape the field movie. Um, And uh, before we uh, wrap up, I I wanted to talk to you about some of your other uh, acting endeavors. Uh, How was your experience working on The Doorman
8: uh, with Ruby Rose? Yeah, it was great. Um, You know, it was Ruby Rose and uh, Jean Renaud. Which was really fun. Um, you know, uh, it's a big fan of uh, of, of Jean Renaud. Um and Ruby was really great. I and mean, we had a lot of fun on the movie. We actually we filmed that in in Romania, uh, which was which was quite an experience. Um, in this like kind of like yeah, this like old communist era movie studio, so it was really cool. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, it was really funny. I mean, that was that was my first action movie, so lots of guns, blowing stuff up. Um, I gotta watch tennis with Jean Monod. So that was, that was definitely a highlight.
2: Tell us a little bit about your character.
8: Yeah. So, um, my character in that, um, his, his name is, uh, his name is Max. Um, and you know, it was, um, it was, it was actually funny. You know, the characters in Escape the Field and The Dormen were uh, somewhat similar and that, you know, they were sort of these both sort of troubled teens. Um, and, um, and it was interesting, you know, once again, like both movies, you know, they kind of throw you into these sort of heightened um, experiences, right? So, you know, in Escape the Field, right, you, you know, the sort of, Crazy! You're in this maze, You're in this cornfield, and, and that you know you're stuck in this apartment building, and these people, are, and and these people are 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 sort of breaking into it because they want to steal these uh these paintings that are inside the the building. Uh, but for for both movies, you know, I think it's really interesting because you know it kind of shows you know what like kind of you know how do people react? You know how do humans react in these sort of very heightened uh, heightened moments? And so you know they were both. You, they had, they're obviously, they're both very, very, very different. But, you know, there were some similarities that I think, you know, are, are really interesting. Cool. I'm going to have to check out that film. And speaking of very
2: different, uh, you played a, uh, a character on the autism spectrum and mm-hmm. a boy called Poe. And uh, that actually got you some awards for acting.
8: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That
2: was, How was that experience? Yeah.
8: That, was, that was, you know, that was a really yeah. special movie. Um, uh, you know, everyone, you know, it was really a passion project for for everyone involved um, filming that Uh, the director, the other lead actor, myself, you know, um, everyone had some connection, um, uh, connection to, to, to the autism community and being able to, you know, sort of, you know, bring more exposure to it and, and, and whatnot. It was really, um, it was it was a really great experience. And I mean, that movie was was really cool because you really felt the passion that everyone had every day. You know, coming to work, and it, it was very cool. Yeah, because
2: uh, I was also curious about accepting a role like this, and we're in a, I guess, a sensitive time right now <laughs> of uh, portraying uh, characters. You know, and which of course, you know, now deaf actors are looking for sort of deaf roles are with, deaf actors blind um,
8: roles yeah, I mean, blind
2: actors what are your thoughts on that and, uh, you know
8: to, are, to be honest with you yeah. the movie was um, I was 10 when I did it yeah and it was I mean that's eight years ago now so times of times I think it was it was just different back then yeah um, you know it, it was um, also you know I think for me it was um, you know I kind of viewed it Back then, um, you know, as um, as you know, you know, it was just, it was just, it was some, it was a subject that was kind of, you know, important to me, and so, um, you know, it was more just, yeah, I mean, it was like I said, it was just a passion. It was kind of, you know, it was just a passion project. I don't think that, I don't think back then, you know, it just, it just wasn't the same. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't like you know it is now where, where you, you you know. Whether or not you do you, a conversation about whether you, you should portray, you know, if you're not, if you not, like, as you mentioned, if you're not blind, should should you play someone? Should should a blind actor not play that part? So I I don't know though. You know, I, was, I think it was just different. You know, eight years ago. Right, right. I'm glad you uh, were able to speak on that. I, I really, really appreciate that. Um, well,
2: you're like a very worldly individual. You were born in Tokyo, uh, raised in Singapore. You did a movie in Romania. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, what is your hometown?
8: (laughs) You know, um, I guess kind of base is Los Angeles, but um, I get kind of anxious if I stay. I like to kind of move around, um, be different places, kind of experience different things. Um, You know, that's one of the great things about acting is that, you know, you kind of are on the move a lot and you do get to go to new places and see new things. So it's, yeah. it's awesome. Wow. Again,
2: Julian, a phenomenal job with this film um i it was so good escape the field again it's it's per, pretty much the escape room gone gone horror thriller uh my, the way i interpreted it because of all the clues mm-hmm. and and uh for, for you cerebral types that like puzzles i think it's a really really cool thing too and lots of uh twists and turns shocking moments and uh, yeah. i really really enjoyed it so uh yeah, listeners, please uh check out uh escape the field um in select cities and theaters and of course on video on demand. Uh what about streaming on any of platforms? Uh, it, was, it was gonna be on the Amazon.
8: What particularly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's gonna be on Amazon and as you said, select theaters on demand. I'm sure you know you can get it on Apple and um yeah. Pretty much all the streaming platforms mm-hmm. we get movies. awesome.
2: Well, thank you so much. Juliana, thank you uh, for talking to us here on uh, our Below the show. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you.
0: Well, it has
8: been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying. Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain.